Well, happy October, everybody, and welcome to Second City Sports, the Monday edition. We're live in the Living Color right here on Sports Soul Chicago, along with Miss Lakeem McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow your Shuli on the Twitter, X and the IG at SidKid80. Once again, that's SidKid80. That's S I D K I D 80. That's S I D K I D 80. You can follow Lakeem McGee on the Twitter, X and Lakeem McGee on the IG. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Make sure you follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, X, Instagram, and YouTube. And please subscribe to our podcast at War Media Podcast. That's W-A-R-R Media, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S. We are on all podcast platforms, including that iHeartRadio app. And while you're at it, please give War Media a follow at W-A-R Media on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, X. Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We're on the pod, Jagly Fun, and we have very definite opinions. If you have any definite opinions during our two-hour extravaganza, we call it Sports Talk Radio Show. You can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in those questions and comments in the comments section. Lakina will get the up on the screen for you. But if you decide to troll and do something silly, stupid, or dumb, I've given Lakina full power to give you fools to be a limpy boot. Toodles. But before we begin, we must remind you, you can also catch Sports on Chicago, now available on Roku TV. That's right. So no more excuses. Celebrate the squad and get with the program. Sports on Chicago is now available on Roku TV. If you already have a Roku television, just tap on that sports world and download that Sports on Chicago app. If you don't have a Roku television, but she has some handheld devices laying around, iPhone, iPad, iTouch, your Chromebook, or your PC. Just hit up the Google Play Store, download that Roku TV app, and access SportsZone Chicago through that avenue. So no more excuses. Celebrate with the squad and get with the program. SportsZone Chicago is now available on Roku TV. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Live and on demand. Anytime, anywhere. And you know we will provide... And we will try to cheer everyone up here on Second City Sports. I see we got a lot of people probably have a lot of uh, things to say about the uh, Bears and Broncos, that whole mess yesterday. And, of course, the rest of uh, the NFL Week 4 slate, of course, Week 5 of college football. And ML- the MLB playoff picture is now clear and set. Unfortunately, the Cubs aren't going. I and told you what's going to happen to them not making it. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll talk more about that also, too. We got Ryder Cup and, of course, Bulls. And the rest of the NBA are doing their media day, including another big trade that came down to fight over the weekend. And a whole lot more, but uh, first. Touchdown through the air. Wilson to the air here. Rolling out, still on his feet. Keeping the play alive, and now he's taken down. There goes Herbert, and he's got room with one man back. And Turner Yell may have saved the touchdown. Flea flicker. Fields gets decked, and it's caught on the juggle. Was he inbounds? Yes! St. Brown was able to reel it in. Open for at least 20 yards. Back to the air here. Or will he run it? No, he's throwing because Komet is wide open again. Trying to take advantage. They run it here with Javante Williams, and a nice play by Demarcus Walker. Fields over the middle. Oh, what a catch and a first down for Chicago. That is Darnell Mooney. Ninth play of the drive. First down and 10. Fields was looking deep. He's going to take a shot. Downfield. He's got a man more. Was he in? No signal yet. Touchdown. 
pass. Caught by Mims, and he is spun down. That's a great play by Greg Stroman, the fifth-year man out of Virginia. Second and seven. Fields wide open is Komet. Touchdown, Bears. And those are the highlights, courtesy of CBS Sports. You got Andrew Catalong, Matt Ryan, and, and uh, Tiki Barber had the call of that game. Uh, said the Bears were up twenty-eight to seven, but ended up losing. Of course, you know we saw some. You know we showed you like, just the highlights of it. It was just it, it kind of went down after that that play. Um, and now, of course, you know it's been another what, what October twenty-first. It's almost been almost a year since the Bears actually won a game. And oh goodness, and then all the you know the weird messiness. I mean, this they um, you know that lead is for tie for the is actually the largest lead the Bears have blown in franchise history. You know, surpassing the O two uh, that O two game versus the Patriots, and also the nineteen fifty three game against the 49ers. And I already see like some of our uh, our usual uh, uh, people here want to kind of comment. Of course, our buddy Vernon Fairley. Of course, you can catch. Him and Jay, uh, Jay Paul on uh, What's Up Cuz later on tonight. Uh, Denver said we're going to eat in the fourth quarter. shaking my head. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's just a whole lot of uh, kind of weirdness. Of course, Jay's Claypool and all that. We'll talk a little bit more yeah. about that in about a minute. In about a minute. But, uh, Sid, what do you think? Because I avoided this game at all costs. I actually watched some of the other games that were on, which were actually more exciting because I had no interest in this. But uh, I know you said you watched it. Uh, <laughs> probably not a good decision on your part, my friend. But uh, what did you think? <laughs> yeah, I made the decision to watch some of it live via NFL Red Zone because I like you. I'm watching other games. Uh, for those of you that are new to our program, I usually DVR the Bears game and watch them later, like I did this morning. But I didn't watch the whole thing because I saw some of it live yesterday via NFL Red Zone. Instead of me getting off my lazy ass and turning the channel, uh, I decided to watch it yesterday. And the parts that I saw, uh, those are wrong parts that the Bears started to pee on, uh, on the side of their pants. But regardless, I'll start off with the positives first. As I said last year, and I'll say it again today, we have a tight end. His name is Cole Command. It was nice to see him show up on the scoreboard once again. Nice job by Bears OC Lugetsi to actually include him in the game plan. Number two, Justin Fields played much better despite that turnover that ended the game. He played much better. Uh, this is the best statistical game as a starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears. I don't know if you noticed, Lakina, but he got that ball out of his hands less than two and a half seconds. He, he, you could tell that uh, he was uh, very sharp. He was uh, progressing through his weeks quicker than norm than he normally does, and he didn't hold the ball too long until that fumble uh, until that uh, fumble that he calls uh, late in that second half. But Justin Fields was very proficient. DJ Moore had a great day. Actually, got included in the game plan. We actually saw a play from Velas Jones, even though it was called back due to a penalty. But you saw him uh, do some good things. And we actually have a running game. Khalil Herbert, looking at we, we've been saying this for the last three weeks. When somebody has the hot hand in terms of running the football. You let you feed that person. That's what happened with Khalil Herbert yesterday. Now the but the bad that secondary, even though it's depleted with injuries, uh, it, it looked like it was a high school secondary. Russell Wilson that second half carved them up, and it was ugly. And once again, Lakina, you know, I think the Bears only had two sacks as a team yesterday. I believe that was. You still could not get any consistent pressure on the quarterback. You know, Russell Wilson is older than us combined, so. Uh, those are the takeaways that I saw that I had yesterday. I know we'll get to that controversy as far as not going for the field goal, but there were some encouraging signs looking at, but the same old mess keeps occurring. And I'm, I'm, I'm past being annoyed at this point. 
I, I mean, look, okay, yeah, Justin Fields, you know, four TDs, you know, bravo. Look, he did against one of the worst defenses in the league. I'm sorry, but I know people are going to say, well, you got to start somewhere. Well, no, 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 no. Do this against the, you know, the Rams. Do this against the Eagles. You know, do it against the you know, teams who actually, you know, solid defense. And then maybe we'll say, yay, bravo. I mean, I'm sorry, but I, I can't look. You know, he had his best typically had his best, you know, passing uh, game against the, uh, as a bear. So I'm like, okay, great, cool. Um, you know, the, the you know, Cole Cometo, okay, great. He's getting his touches finally, cool. Um, DJ Moore, 131 uh, receiving yards, okay, great. Excellent, that's nice. But I'm sorry, that fourth quarter, where everything started falling off. You know, he held, I mean, I'm sorry, Fields held the ball too long when Max that happened, then, you know, Jonathan Cooper was able to come in, you know, stripped it, you know, scoop and score, and then, you know, that kind of started that whole uh, comeback and, and whatnot. And then, you know, that that's that, uh, against Kareem Jackson in the game. Sorry, I don't want to say it negates all of it, but that's part of the stats. And he was also sacked four times. Four times against one of the worst defenses in the league. Seriously? I'm sorry. But, yeah, there were some good points. Okay, yeah, woo-hoo, whoop-de-doo. But I'm sorry. There are four quarters in a game. Like, I'm sorry. You didn't. You, didn't, you had a chance to finish up. I know chance. I think it's both. I think it's both that the Barrels lost the game, but the Broncos looked to their credit. They were actually able to come back and look. They took advantage of the opportunities that were uh, uh, that fell into their lap. Sometimes, look at football and sports in general. That happens. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago, the Monday edition, the first show for the month of October. Sid Lakina hanging out here with you, discussing the 31-28 loss that the Bears suffered to the hands of the Denver Broncos on the lakefront. Yesterday, Lakina, let's get to the to that fourth down play, the call or no call for to go for the field goal, Lakina. Before we get to the field goal part, you notice that the original play was to draw the Denver Broncos all sides on fourth and yep. fourth and one, and that didn't work. So they called timeout and said, "Okay, Matt, even Flus is going to go for the go for the field goal here. Go go for the tie." That didn't happen. So so they went for it on fourth down again. I said, uh-huh. okay, but you saw that the play that was ran, Tiki Barber, if you paid attention to what he said after that play, he said everybody in the stadium knew that Khalil Herbert was going to get the ball. If you notice on short yardage situations early in the game, Akina, not once, but twice, the Bears called quarterback sweeps for Justin Fields. And you notice on that first touchdown pass where you threw to Cole Komet, they could have called that play on fourth and one. Like the the Patrick Mahomes play, he scrambles and he's at the line. If he doesn't see anybody over, then he runs. They could have did, did the same thing on fourth down, where they didn't go for the field goal. They could have done the same thing. I guarantee you, Justin Fields would have gotten the first down. Then everything else would have happened happened after that. So be it. But uh, the, Matt Eberflus screwed up on multiple fronts yesterday, and I said this to uh, on on a social media post. I think it was our guy Jonathan Hood from ESPN One Thousand here in Chicago. He has his post-game um, stuff here on YouTube and on his social media pages. Uh, he was talking about that decision on with Matt Eberflus during the fourth quarter on the fourth down. And I said, Matt Eberflus, that was strike three for me on why he should be fired. One, you don't have the pulse of the locker room slash the situation. Number two, you put Justin Fields, an injured quarterback, in the blowout game last week that you had no chance in at Kansas City. And number three, you screwed up, which could have been an easy decision either way yesterday, and you could not convert on the fourth and one. You On their first drive, they didn't go for it, but on the second drive of the game, they went for it and made it, and you couldn't execute that same scenario for a third time when you needed it the most. He's done to my eyes. 
the whole thing about uh, should they have gone for it or not during that situation. I was I was taking the points. Look, you've got a very reliable kicker. You know, you probably would have made that was probably a, that's a chip shot for him. He probably would have made that field goal. And look, whatever happens, mm-hmm. if, if Russell Wilson would have would have led the Broncos down the field, and you know they they ended up you know having a game winning field goal of their own. You know, hey, so be it. It happens, but at least you can say you tried. But I think the whole thing is just like the whole thing is a mess. I mean, between you know the bad decision making, the bad play calling, the questionable play calling late, and then you know putting mm-hmm. guys at risk, and the whole thing with Chase Claypool and that whole thing with. You know, well, well, let's talk about that real quick. Uh, apparently, I guess, you know, he was told not to go, but then he was told to go. They had a, you know, he had all the, you know, this, his out, you know, his, you know, because usually when guys have our healthy scratches, you sometimes you see see them on the sidelines. Okay. But or in a I, press I guess, box. Exactly. Or, you know, either way. And mm-hmm. apparently, I guess, you know, there was a miscommunication. And I guess, you know, somebody said that, well, he was supposed to be there. We told him not, he doesn't have to come or whatever. But like, it, the whole thing was just silly. And now, I guess you know Matt Irvus, who appears on ESPN 1000 every Monday after after the game. Apparently, he said that uh, that I guess that he's not gonna that Pool Claypool's not gonna be there. I guess you know because they have a short week. Because remember, they got a game against Washington in in uh, mm-hmm. in DC on Thursday, the Thursday night football. I'm sorry to all the Amazon viewers in advance, um, but uh, you know that whole messiness and stuff like that. I mean, it's just it's just a whole mess all around, and I and I just you know what. I can't wait for us to move on because I'm already kind of like over this season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this Bears organization is a complete dust of fire. I told this to a couple of people yesterday that the Bears uh, organization relying regarding that Chase Claypool situation. It, it's just, uh, you know, that's what you have PR departments for. You got to have a plan on you knowing what you're doing you, because all these teams are trying to uh, protect their brand and to to convey the message in the way they wanted to have it delivered, but it's just a big old mess right now. And and going back to what's going on on the field, they had the chance to win that game yesterday. Lakina, they were in control 28, seven. You just couldn't stop the Broncos a couple of times. It just doesn't uh, make any sense to me. And one more note before we uh, move on for the bottom of the hour break, I'm surprised that that big that game in '92. I remember this because this was, I think it was the week during my birthday, October of 1992. Remember, Lakina, the the Bears at the Vikings. Of course, that turned out to be Mike Singletary's last year and Dickens mm-hmm. last year before he got the boot. Uh, they blew that big lead to Minnesota at the uh, at the Metrodome. I think that was Dennis Green, the late Dennis Green's first year as head coach of the Vikings. I'm surprised that that game wasn't up there as one of the biggest leads blown. Of course, Jim Harbaugh uh, changed the um, the call that Diggins sent in. Todd Scott returned it for a touchdown, and then the wheels just fell for Chicago. I'm surprised that game is not up there as well. Yeah, I think they're only up by like 13, I think, 15, 13 or 15 or something around mm-hmm. there. I don't think it was like up there like by 21. I think it was like about 15 or something like that. I might be mm-hmm. wrong, but uh, look, if you guys if you guys remember that game, you know, please, you know, give it to us. You know, we'll 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 we'll, we'll post it up for you. Give you give you some credit as well. So. uh yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, yeah, like I said, the, this messiness for the Bears is only going to get worse. I know some people say that you know, they should taint the rest of the way so they get those top two picks. But, uh, yeah, Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison Jr., or Drake May, or whoever, I mean, I don't want them to ruin them either. So I'm like, well, <laughs> they can ruin them too. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. like I mean, like, like I wouldn't want to see my fav- one of my, couple of my favorite college players right now to you know, come to this Bears squad because I think they'll be ruined. So, uh 
but I, I digress. So uh, enough with the badness. And let, let, let's talk about some of the good stuff that happened around the league um, in week four as, you know, we're going to you know, take a quick break. Of course, we got some interesting upsets in, uh, in that guest Taylor Swift. Uh, okay. Uh, you know, <laughs> whatever. But, uh, you know, and of course, you know, the money that uh, game will preview that as well. And of course, our studs and does, Lakina McGee, Cindy Brown, more NFL talk coming next. Lakina uh, oh, I already said already. Right. The see that see that's all just combobulated here. So. <laughs> we need some organization. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, of course, we'll have more NFL talk yo, for week four coming up right after this here on this is second season sports on Sports on Chicago. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Dr. 
Um, <laughs> welcome back to Second City Sports Hub Sports Show in Chicago. <laughs> you can follow me at Keita McGee on the Twitter and I can't go again on the IG. You can follow your Shirley Cindy Brown on the Twitter X and the IG at SidKid80. Once again, it's SidKid80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. You have any questions or comments for us, not only on the Bears' loss yesterday to the Denver Broncos, but for the rest of the National Football League, you can always go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports on Chicago YouTube. Type in those questions or comments in the comments section. McKinney McGee will get them up on the screen for you. All right, Sidla. Let now the bad stuff for us. And let's go to the rest, uh, the rest uh, around the league, I should say. Let's start in uh, Mary Old England at, at Women's Salem in London as the Jaguars. No trouble with the Falcons, 23-7. Uh, Trevor Lawrence had uh, 207 uh, uh, passing yards and a touchdown. Travis Antienne had 55 uh, uh, rushing yards. Uh, Christian Kirk was a top um, receiver for the for the Jags. On the other side for uh, Desmond Ritter, had a, threw for 191 yards, a touchdown, but, but threw two interceptions. B. John Robinson, the rookie from Texas, had not, another saw showing 105 yards and 14 carries. And uh, Drake London, who actually scored in London. Haha. <laughs> Interesting there, there. He scored a touchdown that shared his last name. Like, I, apparently, there was, a, there was a stat here to this. Um, Lamar Houston did it uh, in Houston, you know, in 2017. You know, of course, various guys have done it in you know Washington at RFK. Joe Washington did it twice in 1981, mm-hmm. 1984. Ken Houston did it at the old Astrodome, scored multiple touchdowns in 68 and 71. Mark Washington also did it at RFK in 1970. And, of course, Kenny Washington uh, did it at Griffin State at Griffin Stadium because I guess his middle name is Griffin. So uh, all the way back in 1948. So uh, mm-hmm. but enough of that, that that weird stat, just another uh, little thing there. But yeah, what did you think about this game? Or did you watch it? I mean, apparently, uh, I guess this International Series game was only streamed on uh, ESPN Plus and Disney Plus. I guess they did like a to- Toy Story style kind of thing where they had like, all the you know various you know Toy Story yeah. characters in the stands and they had like the the the, the, the jerseys and different colors. I, I, did, I actually saw it on YouTube a little bit of it. It's, it looked pretty cool but for a little bit for the family stuff. But uh, yeah what do you think about this game? Yeah I saw I saw the majority of this game in its entirety via this computer screen and I saw the toy to- toy story uh, animation on a on social media, I thought it was okay. I would not watch a whole game in, uh, with that mm-hmm. animation, but th- that's just me. But I actually watched the actual action yesterday. Lakina, the Jaguars didn't look that great, but they were in control. Uh, like you mentioned, Trevor Lawrence, he didn't have that great of a game, but he did the necessary things uh, that uh, he needed to do to keep that Jacksonville Jaguars office afloat. Travis Etienne, he didn't do any damn thing for me because I have on my fantasy team, but uh, mm-hmm. I digress. But it was Desmond, on the flip side for the Atlanta Falcons, it was Desmond Ritter. He he should have had two touchdown passes, but he had two turnovers, which was the uh, the big difference in the game. You mentioned Bijan Robinson was the only difference maker uh, outside of Drake London for the Atlanta Falcons offense. And that Jaguars defense stepped up yesterday. Josh Allen, no, not the Bills quarterback, but the, the Jaguars mm-hmm. defensive end, two sacks yesterday. That Jaguars defense came to play, and it showed up in a big way. Huge way. Uh, there were reasons why they uh, won this game. And speaking of mm-hmm. uh, the other Josh Allen for the Bills, the Bills, uh, no trouble with the Dolphins, 48-20. Uh, I actually watched the majority of this game via uh, computer's computer screen here that I'm on. Speaking of Josh Allen, <laughs> he threw for 320 yards and four TDs. He now has 
uh, 12 uh, as 12 straight games with multiple uh, touchdown passes against Miami, including the playoffs. That's in the longest streak by QB against a single opponent in NFL history. Also, to uh, Stefan Diggs, I guess, uh, I guess that whole thing, whatever little riff that they, if you want to call it that, it was over and done with. He caught uh, 120 receiving yards and three TDs. He's the second Bills player with three receiving touchdowns in a game against the Dolphins, with the first since Lee Evans did it back in 05. He's you know, his third game with three receiving touchdowns as a bill passes Evans also for the most in franchise history. And uh, also, too, it was, a, it was a defense for the Bills, you know, pretty solid. Uh, DeMar Hamlin, want to give a little shout out to him. He made his first actual start back with, you know, with Jordan mm-hmm. Poyer uh, being out. So, uh, rest to him. Uh, did pretty well. I think he got a couple of tackles. Not, not you know, big, you know, not like a big stats, but... I'm sure uh, the, the fans were out. We're just you know, happy to see him out there, and uh, they sacked uh, two or four times. So, yeah, uh, Devin H. A. Chang, you know, the backup running back for the Dolphins, he had over 100 yards rushing, and he scored a touchdown. Uh, he did well on my fantasy team. Looking, like, you know, I picked him up in our uh, actually two touchdowns. He, I picked him up in our league this week, so he paid huge dividends for me. But I did watch him enjoy this game via this computer screen. And early, you thought that. This game was going to be a shootout because they were trading touchdowns mm-hmm. uh, uh, on each of the first uh, two possessions for both teams. But uh, that that second, I believe that second touchdown by Stefan Diggs in that second quarter where Miami's tackling was nowhere to be found, <laughs> that turned the yes. game around and, and Miami could not catch up uh, their address. Of course, they received the ball talking about Miami to start the second half and they couldn't score either. They had a bunch of penalties in Tyreek Hill. I'm not going to get mad at him, get mad at head coach Mike McDaniel. Where was he? You didn't involve him enough in the game plan. Yeah, you have one of those fastest guys in the league, and he didn't use him that much. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, I'm not surprised he wasn't very happy. That actually, in a way, I don't blame him. So uh, that was a little bit uh, weird, but a uh, big whip for the Bills, though, especially in division. So uh, you'll you'll take it if you're mm-hmm. a Bills fan, nonetheless. Uh, the Ravens, no trouble with the Browns, 28 to three. Lamar Jackson, uh, 186 uh, uh, through for 186 yards and two TDs. Um, Gus Edwards uh, had a 48 rushing yards, uh, but also it was more of the defense for them because remember, uh, late last minute, uh, Deshaun Watson, you know, couldn't play because you know throwing shoulders, so uh, he wasn't mm-hmm. able to start. Dorian Thompson Robinson didn't have his best showing, 121 uh, uh, passing yards, but three interceptions, so that definitely uh, killed whatever uh, chance the Browns had. So. Uh, now, if you'll, you'll take it's, it's actually especially after what happened last week. I mean, of course, Tori Thompson Rob was also sacked four times. So uh, you'll take this kind of performance if, if you're the right after what happened last week against the Colts. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, this is an important uh, win for Baltimore. It's a, a a road game against a division opponent. You take advantage of one of their stars not being there. It was all about timing. Mark Andrews for the Baltimore Ravens five catches for eighty yards to two touchdowns. Lakin, did you catch Andrews' second touchdown pass where he dove at the top? Or right corner of the end zone. Mm-hmm. Well, Lamar Jackson placed that ball perfectly for Andrews to go get it. Yeah, that was a perfect pass and a great catch plan. That's why mm-hmm. he's one of the, the top tight ends in the league. So, uh, you know, a solid showing by the uh, by the Ravens, especially like, like you said after that uh, loss against the uh, against the Colts. Now the Texans pulled off another upset. Uh, I don't think anybody saw we we did not none of us. You know, us and our girl Christine Manico KSRP picked uh, Houston, but uh, no surprise. But a little bit of a surprise here though, thirty to six. Um, over the Steelers in a little bit of an upset, probably one of the bigger upsets of the day. C.J. Stroud threw for 306 yards and two TDs. 
And your buddy Devin, Devin Singletary also uh, threw for a TD. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that was, I think, the I think he played. I think he did play quarterback in high school, I believe, for a little bit before he went to the running back. Nashe Harris mm-hmm. was both the top uh, receiver and the top uh, uh, rusher, seventy-one yards uh, rece- rushing and uh, thirty-two yards receiving. Kenny Pickett, of course, was not out of the game. That so, uh, that that whole thing was. I know uh, Mike Thomas said there would be some changes made, but uh, good grief! Now back to CJ Stroud for a second. He's the first rookie since 1970 merger mm-hmm. with 250 plus uh, passing yards, two passing touchdowns, and zero interceptions in three straight games. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and in NFL history, he's actually the only rookie to achieve 900 900 passing yards and zero t- uh, interceptions. So uh, so far, so good for uh, Mr. Stroud. Yeah, as I said before the season started, I thought CJ uh, Star will actually get to this level uh, towards the end of the season. It looks like he's there already. I'm not saying he's. I'm not going to sit here and say that he's your uh, offensive rookie of the year, even though he's on that path right now. But it was all about the Houston defense yesterday, and uh, they stopped Kenny Pickett. They stopped the running game for the Steelers. No one could get it going on, on offense. And on the flip side for the Houston Texans. We talk about their other wide receiver, Dell. Nico Collins, as I talked about in the last couple of weeks, he had a big game yesterday. Seven catches, two of them were for touchdowns for 168 yards. Damian Pierce, the second year running back, had 24 carries for 81 yards. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and say that Houston, Texas will make the playoffs. Lakina, you know, they are two and two. But I think we said coming to the season, they'll get better as the year goes on. But they still, the way that they're playing right now, uh, they're going to cause a little bit more problems for teams that have to face on their schedule the rest of the way. Not an easy win for our folks. Better look out for them. Uh, be Wise doing a great job so far, so we'll see if they can keep it up. Now, uh, one more note from that game yesterday. Look, you know, I did turn to it for a little bit. I know our guy Spiro Dedes called the game, yes, but um, now uh, uh, colleague of Spiro Dedes is at CBS. Uh, J.J. Watt was honored yesterday mm-hmm. yes. uh, with the Ring of Honor. He did join Spiro and Adam, Adam Marchelain yep. in the booth the yesterday. Booth. They did that. I actually got a chance to listen. You sounded really good. So uh, you might, yeah. might, be, see, might be hearing him calling games in the future. We'll, we'll see. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that was really – I think that they may have – I think the defense especially was very motivated, too. I know he talked to uh, the team before the game. I know he and D'Amico Ryan were actually teammates for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I, I know that was actually really cool. I think they might have fed off that energy, too, having J.J. Watt there. I think that was really, really great to see. Uh, Vikings uh, going to the Carolinas. I hope I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. So that was really cool. Um, Vikings and uh, Panthers, uh, again, not the prettiest, but uh, I guess the Vikings really needed this performance after what happened the last uh, couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, two interceptions despite that, but, you know, Kirk Cousins did throw for two TDs. Alexander Madison had 95 uh, rushing yards. On the flip side, Bryce Young, 204 uh, yards uh, passing. No TDs, no interceptions, but they just couldn't get it going on offense. It just wasn't enough. And uh, he was sacked five times as well, so uh, that old line. But, uh, I mean, they're 0-4. I, I mean, what, what more can you say about the Panthers at this point? I mean, I, I don't know what else to say. Yeah, they're young teams still trying to figure themselves out. I know Bryce Young returned to the, uh, to the lineup. He barely threw for 204 yards. But uh, his youthfulness started to show toward the end of the game on yesterday, especially on the last year when Minnesota's defense shut him down. But Alexander Matheson from Minnesota ran the ball hard for them 17 times for 95 yards. Justin Jefferson was unstoppable. Six catches for 85 yards, but two huge touchdowns. As you mentioned earlier, Kirk Curses went from goat to being the hero yesterday. But it was the Vikings defense that eventually shut the door. Yeah, I definitely saved the day for uh the uh, Vikings there now. Uh, probably one of the more entertaining games, I guess you can say. Uh, the Rams uh, beat the Colts uh, 29-23. Uh, 
Colts scored 15 points, you know, that to cause overtime. And Anthony Richardson, uh, two TDs, you know, different 200, 200 yards, also had a rushing touchdown as well. Matt Stafford, 319 uh, yards and a touchdown and an interception. Uh, Cameron Williams, uh, Kyron Williams, I should say, had 103 uh, rushing yards and two TDs. But it was Mr. Puka, Puka Nakua again, 163 <laughs> yards uh, and a TD, which you know, ended up being the game-winning uh, TD. Um, so far, uh, he has 39 receptions, most of most of the players' first uh, four career games in NFL history, 501 receiving yards, most of a player's first four career games in NFL history. Also had a game-winning TD reception as the Rams, uh, of course, they improved to 2-2. Two and two. So, uh, yeah, Sean McVay has a pretty interesting uh, dilemma here once uh, good old Cooper Cups, Cup comes back because uh, Puka is doing uh, just fine so far. Yeah, like you say, he's having a, a great season so far, all to a nice hot start, taking advantage of his opportunities because um, you mentioned Kubo Cup being down. But I'm going to give credit to Anthony Richardson, the rookie quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts out of Florida. He did a really good job yesterday, and I, I did watch the majority of the fourth quarter via this computer screen. And he showed me something yesterday. Uh, he can. We all know that he's mobile. He can run out the pocket. But mm-hmm. his passing was a, a little bit more crisp in that second half. Whatever defense the Rams had in that first half, it worked. It didn't work in that second half because you could tell by each throw that Anthony Richardson had just that much more confidence uh, within him. So he took what the defense gave, and that's how Indianapolis got back in the game. Pretty, like I said, a pretty irritating game. And uh, yeah, to their credit, I mean, they could have, you know, uh, uh, ran away and hit, but yeah, to their credit, they came back, you know, forced in overtime. So uh, I know there's no such thing as moral victors in the NFL, but uh, you'll, you'll take it if you're the Colts. They're now two and two uh, themselves. And uh, let's see, let me get out. Oh, uh, probably another really big surprise. I don't think I saw the score. I know we both did not. Neither one of none of us picked the uh, uh, the Bucks, but uh, yeah, they ended up uh, dominating the Saints 26 to 9. Baker Mayfield, again, we're seeing the you know, old uh, Baker Mayfield from uh, Cleveland, I guess, uh, threw for three, uh, 246 yards and three TDs. Um, Rashad White had 56 uh, receiving yards leading the team there. And, and uh, it was a defense, though, actually. Uh, they, um, they stacked uh, Derek Carr uh, three times. And you can tell that I'm a little surprised that they let him play. I'm talking about the Saints. I mean, mm-hmm. the AC joint, I mean, you know, those days could linger for a little bit. So I'm a little surprised that they let him play. They brought in Taysom Hill and uh, Jameis Winston, but they still couldn't get it going on offense. 51 rushing yards for Alvin Kamara in his first game of the season. So uh, what do you think? Yeah, it was a great defense by the Tampa Bay Bucks and we uh, performance by the Tampa Bay Tampa Bay Bucks. And we said uh, a couple of weeks ago, Lagoon, when they played the Bears, as soon as Tom Brady retired uh, last year, everybody thought that the veterans uh, and the difference makers from those teams would all go away at the same time. No, they're still there, folks. And you, uh, you've seen that so far this year. That's why they're 3-1. Let's not forget about Chris Godwin's performance as well. Eight catches for 114 yards. Mike Evans uh, uh, left the game with an injury. Let's hope he's all right if you're a Tampa Bay Bucks fan. So, uh, you mentioned Baker Mayfield. He's, uh, I think that Bears game actually gave him a little bit more life. <laughs> I know what he did opening day at Minnesota, but that Bears game get, actually gave him a little bit more life. He's keeping Kyle Trask on the bench a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah, definitely kept the, uh, yeah, definitely kept the chains moving. And actually, so far, I mean, mm-hmm. look, the, you know, the Bucks are three and one, and uh, look, we'll see. I mean, look, I'm not saying they're going to win the NFC South, but you know, look, that was a big division win for them. So uh, we'll yeah, see. Yeah, they are game up on the Saints right now. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you listen to Second Sports on Sports on Chicago with Keenan McGee, Cindy Brown with you as we're recapping the rest of the NFL Week Four slate. The last uh, of the new, well, not well, one of the last of the new games. Uh, well, actually, another thriller in the NFC uh, East. You got the Eagles needed overtime, but they 
they did just have to uh, beat the Commanders, who are the Bears' next opponent, 34 or 31. Taylor Hurts had two TDs, uh, two t- touchdown passes, th- threw for 319 yards. Um, he has now won each of his last five regular season starts when facing a double-digit deficit. Remember, the the Commanders were up for a little bit at one point. You know, he joined mm-hmm. Joe, Joe Montana. Uh, who did from 1980 1990, and a, a Steve Rutowski, who did from 8081 as the only QBs since 1950 with such a streak. And uh, look, it was it, again, I was watching this game more than the other game, that Broncos Bears game. I had no interest in that, but I actually watched this game because that <laughs> uh, came on opposite that on Fox. And mm-hmm. uh, look, Sam Howell, to his credit, I mean, you know, threw for uh, 290 yards and a TD. Uh, Brian Robinson Jr. Uh, had a rushing touchdown, mm-hmm. uh, but it again, I think this is what look. This is one of your typical, you know, divisional grind out wins. And uh, look, the Eagles are showing you why they're the, the rainy uh, NFC champs. The uh, the Jalen Hurts experiment is working well for Philadelphia, as you mentioned, two touchdowns and off of 319 yards passing. But watching that Washington Commanders defense, they made Jalen Hurts earn every bit of those mm-hmm. uh, of those uh, passing yards. He couldn't run the ball early. Whatever scheme that head coach Ryan Rivera came up with, it worked. But the Eagles, as you mentioned, opened it up uh, in the second half. But that A.J. Brown penalty. Uh, when, when Philadelphia scored uh, their touchdown to tie the game, it helped the commanders because they scored the game tying touchdown uh, at, at the end of regulation, which was a great play on fourth, fourth down by Sam Howell. And so Sam Howell is really showing that he's a starting quarterback in this league, but the commanders didn't have enough to get it done in overtime. Yeah, Sam Howell might actually uh, throw some uh, five touchdowns against the Bears defense on Thursday. We'll see. <laughs> What happened? Yeah, if you're you in fantasy football, if you need a quarterback, pick him up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially this week. <laughs> For the <Yeah>. last <laughs> of new games, uh, look, I knew, look, I knew one of us was gonna uh, regret picking Cincy. I, I forgot which one of us. I think I picked Cincy like a like a dummy, and uh, I think Christine did too. And uh, and of course, you know the Titans, you know, beat Cincy uh, twenty-seven to three. I told you, yay! <laughs> Ryan Tannehill uh, threw for two hundred four yards and a touchdown and an interception. Uh, Derrick Henry uh, actually uh, threw a TD pass himself, and of course, rushed for one hundred twenty-two yards and a touchdown. On the flip side, for Joe Burrow, he was sacked three times. You can, I, I you know, you can kind of tell that. I don't want to say, and I know Jamar Chase. I had 73 yards. I know T Higgins, you know, got hurt. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm sure he was hoping to get that big payday if it's not with the Bengals, but somewhere else. But uh, yeah, I mean, geez, I mean, the Bengals, they're now one and three. I don't want to you know, leave them for dead, but, you know, especially with the O-line issues and now, you know, Higgins is hurt and, you know, everything else, you know, we still, we still know we, I still don't think Joe Burrow is hundred mm-hmm. percent. I, what do you think? And let's not forget, too, Cincinnati has not been committing to the run all year with Joe Mixon there. So that's another uh, huge issue as well. On the flip side for the Titans, we talked about it this offseason, Lakina Derrick Henry. Uh, he was up, uh, up for uh, trade discussions. Of course, the Titans did not pull the trigger. How, much, how, how many miles are left on those tires? Derrick Henry said, yes, I got plenty more left. And he saw that yesterday with that touchdown pass and that rushing touchdown off of 22 carries for 122 yards. Ryan Tannehill played an efficient game, not the greatest game, but an efficient game, 240 yards passing with a touchdown in the pick. But as I told you, Lakina, for the last couple of weeks, when you think you want to count the Titans out, uh, then get a, a big surprise and win and then lure you back in. They did that yesterday. That's why I picked them on Friday. And this time I was correct. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh... – yeah, what's wrong with Watch they lose next week. <laughs> yeah, I'll say, yeah, because you'll yeah, exactly. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, first is the three o'clock uh, games. You got the Chargers holding off the Raiders 24 17. Justin Herbert, who's on my fantasy team, 
not 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 the best uh you know numbers for him 167 uh uh passing yards and a TD. He did have two rushing TDs. Um but you know of course they were a little bit kind of depleted there on the injury side for the the Chargers. Now the defense did uh sack Aiden O'Connell. Not a bad show at 238 uh, uh passing yards but also interception that uh, he was also sacked seven times. So uh Mm-hmm. The rookie from uh, Purdue got a little bit of a rude uh, kind of welcome to the NFL. Of course, Devontae Adams, of course, he was uh, out for a little bit uh, with a concussion. So, you know, not not the best showing. I know uh, Max Crosby had a couple of sacks for the Raiders in a losing effort, but uh, mm-hmm. just wasn't enough for uh, them as the Chargers were able to hold them off. Yeah, we've been asking since the start of the season, Lakina, where's the Chargers' defense? And that's why they um, they lost them in the first two games of the year. Where where's the defense? We all know they can put up points on the on the scoreboard, but where's the defense? They finally shut up yesterday, although via against a rookie quarterback, Khalil Mack and, and Nick Bosa. Uh, sorry, Joey Bosa and those guys uh, had a, had a great game. So. Uh, if you're the Chargers, this is the way you're supposed to play every week. If the Divas can complement that offense, uh, they'll be fine. They just got to uh, uh, put a nice, good winning winning streak together. We'll see if they can do that. Yeah, now, Matt, the, if, and, since they are two and two on the year. Yeah, Mac, you know, Joyce, uh, Derek Thomas, the only players with multiple games of at least five sacks since the stat became official back in 1982. Uh, the other game that uh, Mac had, uh, that five sack game. Uh, in 2015 against the Broncos, when he was when he was playing in, in uh, then Oakland, so uh, mm-hmm. you know, not not I'm sure that shirt, well, never mind. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, probably another uh, thrashing here, I guess. Uh, playing the Patriots, which is what the uh, the Cowboys adopt their order for the Cowboys, they just hammered the Patriots 38 to 5. Dak Prescott, 261 yards and a TD. Um, you know, Tony Pollard had 47 uh, rushing yards, but it was really the defense for for um for the Cowboys and I, I think look I look you know uh, Trayvon Diggs I should say have not having him out there you gotta think that's gonna come back to bite him in the butt but uh they did do just enough to kind of slow down the Patriots and uh, look Matt Jones was just a ooh, just a mess 150 uh uh only 150 yards he threw but he also threw two interceptions Uh, oh, Sid, oh, I guess it disappeared on us for a second, but uh, I'm not sure he'll be back. But yeah, this whole thing with the Patriots uh, just hammering, uh, being getting hammered by the Cowboys. And, you know, it was definitely one of those games where, you know, they lost by 35 points to the Cowboys. That's the worst loss, easy the worst losses from the uh, the Bill Belichick era. So uh, hopefully, uh, you know, Sid will rejoin us in a second. But yeah, baby, this game was all about the Cowboys, you know, after bouncing back from uh, that loss to the Cardinals. And uh, look, I think this is definitely one of those uh, games where, I think I said, I think this was just what the doctor order for them so uh yeah i mean this was a really uh yeah i mean just a, just you know, like i said it wasn't the prettiest like i said for the cowboys but uh i mean like, they just i kind of to this game i know this was a you know, this was a, the big game you know that you know that aired on fox you know the number one game but unfortunately that ended up not being you know not being a number one game so uh yeah but uh said you know i see everybody sits with us still hold on let me get him up here so uh wait hold on oh there you are said <laughs> See, see the Patriots. See the Patriots got this, got it all discombobulated. So, uh, what do you think about the Cowboys, <laughs> Cowboys Patriots game yesterday? Yeah, sorry about about the audio issues, everyone. But the, the Dallas Cowboys they took advantage of a weak opponent, as we talked about before, uh, with the New England Patriots. Uh, their defense is actually young, hungry, and aggressive. But uh, that Mac Jones, that quarterback, I don't know if he's a long, he's the long term answer for Bill Belichick and crew. Now people are talking about New England will. 
Belichick get his pink slip and link card at the end of the year. Uh, we shall see how this team competes. But the Dallas Cowboys took advantage uh, yesterday of a weak opponent. Dak Prescott actually looked okay. We'll, but we'll see what they can do next week as they travel to face the San Francisco 49ers on, on the road. Tony Pollard didn't have a great game, but he didn't need to have one. Also, also too, uh, their big tight end, Mr. Ferguson, Jake Ferguson, has seven catches with 77 yards. It was nice to see the tight ends finally get involved in that Dallas Cowboy offense. Yeah, definitely. So we'll see if they can keep up there now. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey on your fantasy team. Uh, he had a pretty nice uh, day yesterday. He uh, uh, rushed for 106 uh, rushing yards and three uh, touchdowns. He also had a touchdown catch as a 49ers. No trouble with uh, the Cardinals, 35-16. Um, he had a total time on McCaffrey, had a total of um, uh, with 600 uh, scrimmage yards and seven scrimmage TDs through the first four games of the season. He joins Emmett Smith and Jim Brown, who did it twice as the only uh, players to do uh, just – only running backs to do just that. Uh, Black Purdy had 283 pass yards and a TD in the losing effort. Josh Dobbs had 265 uh, receiving yards uh, – pass yards, I should say, and two TDs. But uh, the, the 49ers is too much for the Cardinals. Yeah, the, the Cardinals offense started out okay with Josh Dobbs uh, toward the end of that first half. I watched the entire game via this computer screen, and the Cardinals were very competitive, but the 49ers defense made some adjustments in that second half, and, and they, they went on to the victory. You mentioned Christian McCaffrey. He was the story on the 49ers side offensively, but Brandon Ayuk had six catches for 148 yards. Debo Samuel, who's on my fantasy team, put up zero points yesterday for me, but I beat my opponent despite that, but it was an all-around dominant performance uh, for the 49ers against a weaker division opponent. Do what you're supposed to do there. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 the Chiefs and Jets uh, end up being kind of an entertaining, well, sloppy and entertaining, I guess. You know, probably you know more than I think anybody thought it would be. <laughs> Pat, Mahomes, uh, Pat Mahomes, you know, had his strokes. Probably one of his worst games of his career. Uh, one TD, but also threw for two interceptions, threw for 203 yards. Um, Malik Pacheco, Pacheco, Isaiah Pacheco, I should say, had 115. Uh, Pacheco. Pacheco had 115. You thank you. Had 150 uh, rushing yards and a touchdown. Zach Wilson, a losing effort, threw for 245 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Brees Hall, uh, only 56 rushing yards for them. Uh, you know, Taylor Swift uh, shots, you know, I think it was like 17 or something. I mean, I it's just like, <laughs> I mean, again, wasn't the prettiest, but you'll take the winning for the Chiefs, but you wonder, like, all the hopeful and stuff that's been, you know, going around. I know Travis Kelsey was not uh, very happy. He did lead the team in receiving yards, but he didn't have any TDs. You know, he had a couple of drops. So uh, I'm wondering, like, is it – I don't want to – look, you don't want to – I'm like what we said in the view. I mean, look, I was a football fan before Taylor Swift started watching football, and – the inevitability of you know, she and Kelsey break up. I mean, I'm going to still, still watch football, so I don't really care about it. <laughs> but, uh, but I'm just like, oh, God, enough. Please, please, enough. Enough. I'm with you on the Taylor Swift foolishness. This is Now, this is why, for people who don't watch football, this is why Aaron Rodgers is so, is so important to the brand. Because if Aaron Rodgers was playing playing last night uh, with the same exact situation, trust me, Taylor Swift would not get as much coverage or talk like she's – been getting the last couple of weeks. But back to on the field matters. The Jets defense actually showed up. They just didn't have enough. Zach Wills, as you mentioned, played a whole lot better. No turnovers with two touchdown passes. And But they got to find a stud wide receiver to help out uh, Garrett Wilson. Of course, Alan Lazard was the big guy with the only uh, receiving touchdown off of three catches for 61 yards. I'm not going to sit here and say that the Jets are back and they, they're starting to play better, but they showed a much better effort last night than they had 
been, been given the last couple of weeks. They didn't show Rogers that much. They showed Watson like four or five times in that city. He was just chilling the box by himself. Yeah, so. but I'm just saying, if he was playing, you wouldn't get that, that much Taylor Swift foolishness. <laughs> That's true. That is true. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's why it's so important, important to the brain whether people want to admit it or not. Right, exactly. Uh, studs and does real quick. Uh, my studs uh, here, Christian McCaffrey for the 49ers uh, for touchdowns. For the second stud, A.J. Brown of Philadelphia, nine catches, 175 yards to two touchdowns. And my third stud is Derrick Henry from Tennessee, 122 yards, two touchdowns, one passing, uh, 22 uh, carries uh, for Mr. Henry for the Titans. Uh, mine are C.J. Stroud, you know, great showing by the rookie so far. I think he's definitely the leader in the clubhouse for rookie of the year uh, in the AFC um tampa looking pretty good i gotta say mm -hmm. we'll see if they can keep it up they're the class of the nfc south right now and uh i guess derrick henry i mean i think yeah i think that's what his first i think that was his first uh td pass in like, like three or four years said so that he played quarterback for a little bit before he became a running mm -hmm. back at l you know he was in alabama so uh yeah those are my uh three studs all right my three duds is uh, desmond ritter of the atlanta falcons my second dud is the miami dolphins uh defense and slash offensive coordinator not involving Tyree Kill within the game plan. And my third dud, it will be <laughs> NBC. Oh, yeah. For the Taylor Swift. 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 I watched a single minute of it live last night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I digress. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I kind of skipped all that. It got, it got, it was just bad. But, uh, uh, my three does, uh, New England. I mean, uh, I, look, I don't want to say that the wheels are starting to fall off, but, you know, Bill mm -hmm. Belichick might be getting his pink slip and link card at the end of the season. They don't improve, but we'll see. Uh, let's see. Cincinnati, uh, I don't know what's going on there. I don't know if it's uh, – I don't. I think it's more than just uh, Joe Burrow's calf. I know there's mm -hmm. some other stuff you know, going on too, so we'll see. And uh, I guess my other dud, I guess, is Pittsburgh. I mean, what happened against, this, against Houston yesterday? I mean, you know, look, Mike Tomlin, like, Tomlin, love you, but some of those play calls, especially that, that got uh, – Kenny Pickett hurts. Like, what the hell? You you, know, you should have went for it when you when you when you, you didn't go for it when you should have, and then when you did go for it, your, your, your QB got hurt. So, uh, what the hell happened there? But uh, I digress. Good call. Yeah, <laughs> so, good yeah, call. Yeah, yeah, good call. And tonight is Monday Night Football on ABC, ESPN, and ESPN Two, featuring the Manning Cats as the two and one Seattle Seahawks visiting MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey, to take on the one and two New York Football Giants. The Seahawks are two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Lakina, on Friday's show, I did pick Seattle to win. I don't know if Saquon Barkley is going to play tonight, but, uh, but even if he does, it's going to take him time to get back. But I, I think it's going to be about defense for me in, in this game and running the football. Seattle, I think they're more aggressive defensively than the New York football giants. Uh, look for Kenneth Walker III to handle the majority of the uh, – Rush low for Seattle and look for Seattle's Zivis to get after it against Daniel Jones, especially if Saquon Barkley does not return tonight. Yeah, I, I expect uh, Pete Carroll to kind of unleash the Seahawks, I guess, in that, uh, mm -hmm. that defense, especially with uh, Daniel Jones, especially if uh, Barkley does not end up playing. So I think that's really going to be the key for me. All right, hour number one in the books, hour number two straight ahead. Of course, we're going to talk NCAA football week five as uh, some interesting uh, little uh, performances. And, you know, things got a little bit too. And does, uh, so does he think uh, this should be a new number one in college football? I'll ask him about that. 
of course, we'll also uh, preview the MLB playoffs. Yay. I, I mean, you're kind of a mixed bag, I guess, for us, but unfortunately. But, uh, <laughs> of course, NBA has a mini a day and a Ryder Cup recap and a whole lot more. And, of course, WBA got their get you know, ESPN gets their dream matchup in the finals there. So uh, a lot to do still in the second half hour. Second season, Sports on Sports of Chicago. We'll go to College Ground coming up to start of hour two after this. Do you know that you're in my lane? No, not at all. Are you not paying attention? Are you texting? I was just checking in with my mom. I was telling her that I thought we'd be home by six. It's okay. There's enough time. Just pay attention. I'm not even halfway through my text. There's no way. I'm not even going to look up. My babies are in the car. You have to pay attention. It's just supposed to be a quick text. I'm so sorry. Hi, I'm Tom Brady, the director of Dodea. September is National Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. The simple act of reaching out and caring for those in our communities is something we all can do. Just being there for someone you care about can be a tremendous first step in getting them access to confidential resources and support that they need. It only takes one person and one small act and one minute to make a difference. Let's make a difference. Welcome back to Second Seed Sports on Sports on Chicago. You can follow me at Kenny McGee on the Twitter, X at Kids Coming in, the IG. You can follow your Shirley Sidney Brown on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's SIDKID80. SIDKID80. We have less than an hour left of this extravagant We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. If you have any questions or comments for us, 
You can always hit us up in the comment section at Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. The best in the creative comments and questions will get will be put up on the screen by Miss Lakina McGee. All right, so let's stick with football and uh, let's go to the college side uh, for a little bit here. Um, Couple of interesting scores here. Georgia had to hold off Auburn, but they did. Twenty-seven, uh, twenty. They have a big clash coming up next week. We'll talk uh, talk more about that in a second. Uh, mm-hmm. Michigan, no trouble with Nebraska. I know some people thought that maybe this is going to be uh, Michigan's first uh, true road game of the season, and you know, Lincoln, you know how the black shirts and stuff, you know. But again, they had no trouble, forty-five to seven. Do you think that Michigan should be the new number one in the country? Uh, no, not yet because of their schedule. They haven't played anybody tough yet. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna say no. And I think this next game you're going to talk about if you're following the same, uh, same screen that I am. I want to talk about this other team uh, in just a second. This should be number one in the country. Yes. Texas, uh, Texas, no trouble with uh, Kansas 40 to 14, just dominating them from, uh, start to finish. Of course, uh, Quinn Ewers, um, you know that that probably I look. I'm wondering that he should be in the Heisman discussion. I really feel like uh, he threw for 325 yards, a touchdown in, in the session. But Jonathan Brooks, remember that name, folks. 218 rushing yards and um, two touchdowns for him. And uh, an interesting stat here, if I can get it up for a second. Uh, Brooks actually, uh, you know, as that's a career high for him. He's a fifth player in Texas history with 200 plus rushing yards and two. Team, two rushing uh, teams versus the AP top 25 team. He joins a pretty good list. Dante Foreman, who did against Baylor in 2016. Vince Young, of course, who did against USC in the national championship game. Ricky Waters in 1999 against Mississippi State. And uh, Earl Campbell, who did it at te- against Texas A&M in 1977. Yeah, Ricky Waters should be in the Pro Football Hall Wait, of Fame, by, by the way. But, we should say. <laughs> Ricky Waters, we yeah, should say. Yeah, <laughs> but, but I, I digress. But don't forget about Donnie Mitchell, their star wide receiver. Talking about Texas, a long haul star wide receiver. He had 10 catches. Well, over 141 yards and a touchdown. Like, you know, I, I said that, say this, that Texas should be number one because they look uh, they, they look great against better competition so far, even though the Big 12 is not the Big 12 outside of USC and Utah. But uh, the, the teams that they played on their schedule, they have dominated. And uh, my, my measuring stick is this, what they did to Alabama in Alabama a couple of weeks ago. I know Alabama is not this dominant force this year like they have been in years past, but the way their defense played against Nick Saban's crew in Tuscaloosa under the lights in prime time, it was very impressive. And that's what uh, got me over the hump with them. Now with Texas being ranked number three in the country, they're 5-0, they should be the new number one. Their defense is outstanding. They haven't stopped since. They could have coasted after that Alabama game. They say, no, we're still going to show our dominance, and they did that once again last Saturday. They all, yeah, they almost did it against Wyoming. They'll remember that a couple of weeks back. But you know, they're back mm-hmm. on track. They have a very uh, big gig coming up on Saturday. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, Penn State uh, needed a basic second half, but they did beat Northwestern forty-one uh, thirteen. Um, you know, it's interesting because you know they were Northwestern was actually up at halftime, but I, I guess James Frank like has told you know stuck a fire up uh, his guys' butt, and uh, they were able to they dominated uh, from here on out after that. Yeah, that's what happens when you coast against uh, against less competition, right? Nicholas Singleton for the Nittany Lions had 21 carries, 80 yards in the score. Also, to Mr. Keandre Lambert-Smith had four catches for 86 yards for Penn State as they rolled over Northwestern in that second half, scoring 31 points uh, to three uh, in, in that second half. 
Lakina, as I talked about with the Northwest, of course, because of outside forces, I don't give a damn about them. But, there's, uh, of course, they're showing signs of, of a team that, even though they're not even having, even though they weren't going through this situation, uh, they weren't that good to begin with. So they're lucky they're only two and three. Yeah, absolutely. They should be one and four, but I digress. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, thanks a lot, Minnesota. But, uh, you know, but hey, look, you'll you'll take it when and kind of keep them. Mm -hmm. I know they got they got Ohio State in a couple of weeks. I'm talking about Penn State does, so uh, they might have mm -hmm. been looking ahead a little bit. So <laughs> we'll see. Uh, Washington uh, held off Arizona. Um, I know some people probably saw this game. I, I think it was more like uh, some garbage points late for uh, Arizona. But Michael Penix Jr. No TDs, but threw for 363 yards. Kind of kept the chains moving. Uh, Dylan Johnson uh, had two rushing touchdowns for uh, Washington, so they stay undefeated. Again, mm -hmm. not the prettiest performance by any stretch, but you'll take the wood if you're Washington. Look at a tough environment in, in Tucson, so you'll take that. Uh, USC uh, had to hold off uh, Colorado 48-41. They were up big, of course, uh, again, garbage points late for uh, Colorado. And, and and once again, I know I've heard a lot of people say this, once again, you know, look, you know, Caleb Williams did his thing, you know, threw for six touchdowns, mm -hmm. 403 yards, which I think, if I'm not mistaken, my math might be off here, uh, that's 19 straight games. He has at least one passing touchdown. Of course, that uh, Matt Liner, um, you know, he did it in 24 straight games from 03 and 04. Uh, Caleb Williams is down now at 19, so he has still has a few uh, games to go before he catches uh, with up with him and that with that record. But uh, once again, that defense making things interesting when they don't need it doesn't need to be. I worry. About yeah, that. and that's been with USC's problem all year long. Of course, Colorado showed some fight. Uh, Lakina, uh, I thought scoring 27 uh, second half points, like you said, U uh, USC almost gave that game away. But Omaria Miller was the standout player for for Colorado. Seven catches for 196 yards in the score. You mentioned Caleb Williams on the flip side with six touchdown passes. But uh, if you caught this scenario in the first half, Colorado missed the field goal, had a block punt in an interception, which turned into 14 points for USC as they dominate their first half. If it wasn't for that scenario I just uh, described to you, Colorado would have won that game. Or at least they would have kept it close, even closer. So uh, mm -hmm. it'll be interesting, though, to, but, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, like I said, I think SC, I, I think I kind of felt like, okay, you know what, uh, you're not ready to win a national championship if you're uh, – again, this was, like a, right, this was his problem, unfortunately, at Oklahoma, too. I mean, he had a great – Offenses with Jalen Hurts and the rest of that group, but uh, they couldn't get it done mm -hmm. on defense. That's kind of what killed them in the end. That's why they couldn't go far in the uh, football, in the playoff. But uh, I digress mm -hmm. there. Uh, Oregon, no trouble with Stanford, forty-two to six. Um, yeah, they, Coach Lenny didn't, didn't need a speech for this. <laughs> no, 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 yeah, no, 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 no letdown for them. Uh, they dominated Stanford as they should have. Uh, Notre Dame needed a last-second TD uh, from uh, Sam Hartman. Uh, Hartman to, uh, well, well uh, uh, pass to Sam Hartman to beat Duke uh, 21-14. Hartman, uh, they needed for, like, it was, like, fourth and, like, 10 or 11, and he ran for, like, 13 yards. You know, they kept the, the drive moving and what led to a touchdown. Way to go, Duke. I mean, the one time where everyone was cheering for you. Go figure. But, uh, <laughs> again, I digress. But, uh, yeah, what do you think? Of, I know you watched a little bit of this game, so what do you think? Yeah, I saw some of the highlights of this game. Riley Leonard looked impressive to me, the quarterback of Duke. I know he led the team in rushing yards with 88 off of 18 carries. But uh, their Notre Dame stud tight end Mitchell Evans was the man, six catches for 134 yards. He helped keep those chains uh, moving for Mr. Sam Hartman and crew on that Irish offensive side. But 
like I said, Lakino, on Friday, this was going to be a tough game on the road for Notre Dame, especially after what happened last week, losing in the last second at home to Ohio State. They're going to learn that lesson. Uh, they, they're going to apply it to a much improved Duke team, and that's what happened. Now the Fighting Irish improved to 5-1. and one. Duke suffers their first loss of the year. Now they're 4-1. Going to be very interesting there as they go on, you know, the rest of the season. Uh, Alabama, I, I guess, you know, folks were kind of uh, wrong to prematurely uh, write their football obituary. They have no trouble with yeah. Mississippi <laughs> State, uh, forty seventeen. Uh, uh, Jalen uh, Milroe, uh, no trouble. I mean, he's starting to get a little bit better, kind of getting more comfortable. That defense is uh, pretty solid too. I think the offense is starting to finally starting to figure things out as well. Uh, he not only he threw for one hundred sixty four yards, had two rushing touchdowns. In a, I want to say, kind of pretty dominating fashion. The defense had three interceptions, so they're starting to kind of figure things out over there. Yeah, so they get the quarterback situation uh, figured out. It's been the running game in the in the strong defense for Alabama that's been keeping them afloat this year. That's why they're four and one on the year and two and zero in the SEC. Uh, uh, Jalen Murrow, if he continues to have have these types of performances, uh, he's going to give that much more confidence not only from head coach Nick Saban but from the rest of his teammates that Alabama can beat that team that they can qualify for the college football playoff come later on this year. But right now, they still have some kinks to work out. And they've been working it out these last couple of weeks. We'll see uh, uh, how well they do in the next couple of weeks as their schedule gets tougher. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> well, sorry about that. Uh, yeah, they will. So we'll see what happens there. Now, speaking of uh, apparently a basketball game. Was that game, Nick Saban calling you? <laughs> yeah, well, it might have been. Uh, of course, a basketball game. Uh, <laughs> a basketball game kind of uh, broke out here against from Ole Miss against uh, LSU, 55-49. And uh, ended up being kind of like a, a slugfest. So for all you defenses, you know, defensive people out there, uh, need, need not apply here, uh, unfortunately. Uh, Jackson Dart had three for 389 yards or four TDs. Jaden Daniels had 414 yards, also mm -hmm. four TDs on the flip side for LSU. Uh, Logan Diggs uh, had two rushing touchdowns, uh, 100, 101 yards for uh, LSU. Old Mrs. Uh, Quinshawn Judkins had uh, 177 uh, rushing yards and a touchdown. Uh, Ulysses uh, Bentley the fourth had uh, had uh, rushed for ninety yards and two TDs there, so it was really one of those things where you were just like, okay, whoever had the ball last, I think was going to yeah. win, and uh, uh, Ole Miss scored twenty one uh, points late. Yeah, we kind of thought that this was going to be a high scoring game, but we didn't think it was going to be this high. And don't forget about Trey Harris for, from Ole Miss. Their star wide receiver having a big game as well, eight catches for one hundred fifty three yards and in a touchdown as well. Ole Miss. Uh, we saw them against Alabama last week. Yeah, they did not look good, but as you mentioned, they rebounded nicely uh, with a big win at home. Now LSU is now 3-2 and two on the year. Brian Kelly, uh, I'm not going to say his job is in jeopardy because I don't think so, but you got to kind of look at him side out here. It was, he had a couple of chances to take this game, but uh, they couldn't come up with the big this best of start when they needed to. Yeah, 104 points, the most of the game in this rivalry's history. Now the 55 points mm -hmm. for the Rebs are the most against an AP-ranked uh, opponent all-time in their program history. So uh, kind of a funny uh, stat uh, there if you think about it. So if you took the over, you actually did pretty well now. Yeah. <laughs> who will be uh, Texas' next opponent, 50-20 uh, to 20 over Iowa State. Uh, Dylan Gaver threw 366 yards and the, the three touchdowns. So just a, a really solid showing there. It got a little close early on, but uh, Oklahoma kicked it into gear. And uh, the Oklahoma-Texas game and, uh, and you know, the Red River rivalry here, uh, that'll be a very interesting in Dallas coming up on Saturday. So that's going to be a lot of fun to see. Uh, no no trouble with South Carolina, 41-20. Uh, Florida, uh, 
upset by Kentucky, 33-14. I guess you can call it an upset, I guess. This is the second straight uh, win for Kentucky against Florida. And uh, here's a name for you guys in the Heisman race, Ray Davis, 280 yards and three TDs for him. And uh, just a, a great showing by by him. Uh, this is actually, I'm sorry, this is actually the third straight uh, win against Florida for the first time in a four-game streak from, uh, you know, we got all the way back to 1948, 1951. When Bear Byron was the Kentucky head coach, uh, the 19 point win is also the largest margin of victory against Florida since 1979. And speaking of Ray Davis, he had 100, he's 150, 250 uh, scrimmage yards and four scrimmage TDs in the game. The first time SC player to do it since in 2019. That was when uh, Lynn Bowden, Lynn Bowden Jr., who did it, who also played for Kentucky against uh, Louisville. So uh, Kentucky looking pretty good. Yeah, you would think they'll replace Florida in the top 25 rankings because they're 5-0, I'm talking about Kentucky, and 2-0 in the SEC. We'll see what happens uh, with that going forward. But uh, Graham Mertz did not have the greatest game for Florida. I know he had two touchdown passes, but he had a crucial interception. He only had 244 uh, total passing yards. That's not going to get it done for Florida. And they struggled to run the ball, and like you mentioned, on the flip side for Kentucky, Mr. Davis ran the ball hard for 280 yards, and that and that was one of the big differences in the game. Of course, the Wildcats defense unloaded on Florida to to uh, close the deal. Kentucky plays Georgia next week in Athens, so uh, ooh, we'll that's see. gonna be a good game. Yeah, that's gonna be a fun. We'll one talk there. about that on Friday. Yes, we will. Uh, the Fighting Mike Burmans, you know, the Mizzou Tigers, they go to five and zero. They held off Vanderbilt uh, 38-21. Uh, Fresno State, they stay undefeated. As well, no trouble with Nevada, 27-9. Uh, Texas A&M beat Arkansas. Uh, Minnesota, a little, little bit too close, I'm sure, for some of those uh, Gophers fans, but they do beat Louisiana. Uh, Utah State uh, edged out uh, UConn. Uh, Clemson, let's talk about this one game for a second, Sid. 31-14 mm -hmm. over uh, the fighting Dave Kearns, as we call him here, the Syracuse Orange. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Yeah, uh, remember the question I was asking you on Friday, Lakina, uh, uh, will the real Kate Klubman show up? He needs to show me something. Well, he did 263 yards passing and two touchdowns. Also, Will Shipley uh, ran the ball hard for the Tigers 18 times for 61 yards and a touchdown. And their stud right receiver Tyler Brown had nine catches for 153 yards. Lakina, this was total domination from start to finish. I did check out this game for a little bit. Clemson set the tone right away. Uh, the Syracuse Orangemen just could not catch up. They had the home crowd behind them, but it was Clemson's defense that set the tone early, but the offense took over for Clemson, and they rolled on to a 31-14 win yes, to get their did. first win of the year in the ACC. Probably the best Clemson have looked all year. So, uh, yes. Westy, I mean, like, I don't know if they'll – I don't think they'll be able to get, get back into the ACC championship discussion, but uh, we'll see. Uh, James Madison will stay undefeated. They're 5-0. and oh. uh, They beat uh, South Alabama. Um, uh, Boston College beat Virginia in the underachieving bowl, as I call it. 24-24. Uh, <laughs> Cal uh, held off Arizona State. Uh, Maryland now. Maryland. <laughs> uh, I think, you know, some people will say, you know, say that maybe, you know, we'll, we'll see if they – We'll see. I mean, they're five and zero right now. They're, they'll have no trouble against Indiana, but uh, they can play Ohio State in the big news Saturday game coming up on, coming up this Saturday. So uh, this is going to be a big test for Mike Loxie and his crew. Yeah, I was going to ask you: Do we take Maryland seriously, or do we wait till that game uh, after that game on Saturday? Because I want to see what they do. And she said they're in the whole horseshoe, correct? Yes, they are. Yeah, so the, this is going to be the biggest test of the season. Is their uh, five and zero record for real or for gazing? We'll see. We'll see what happens. Should be a fun one there. Uh, 
and a horse. We'll talk about that on Friday. Uh, Texas Tech, no trouble with Houston. Uh, Bowen Green upset uh, Georgia Tech in Atlanta, 38-27. Uh, Baylor was down 35-7 against UCF. They come back to beat UCF, 36-35. Actually saw a little bit at the end of this game, and it was just a really crazy uh, game. And uh, look, give Baylor Bears credit. They didn't give up, and they ended up coming back to win it. Yeah, sometimes, as we talked about with USC, Colorado early, when you have a big lead, sometimes you, you relax. And that's what happened with UCF UCF here. So Baylor uh, got themselves together, especially in that second half, scoring 26 fourth quarter points. Uh, Blake Shaben for Baylor, their stud quarterback, had 293 yards passing and a touchdown. But it was um, um, Monterey Baldwin for Baylor, uh, that star wide receiver. He had seven catches for 150 yards and they scored. Lakina. We have big comebacks like this. You got to have big breaks. You got to make big plays on defense. And you got to take advantage of your opportunities on offense. And that's what Baylor did all in that fourth quarter. They did. And it looked really good. So, uh, you know, nice comeback by them. Uh, Northern Illinois lost Toledo 35 33. Yikes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Memphis uh, uh, pulled the weight, holds off Boise State 35 32. Um, Wyoming beat New Mexico 35-25. Let's see here. Michigan State, a uh, valiant effort, but it wasn't enough against uh, Iowa. They actually scored 26 points. Iowa did, so that's a pause for applause. Uh, SMU beat uh, Charlotte 35-16. Uh, Vodtech beat uh, uh, Pittsburgh 3-21. This is a good one here. West Virginia held off TCU uh, 24-12. Mm-hmm. It was definitely a back and forth for game throughout, but uh, West Virginia did, did not uh, play, uh, uh, play better on defense, and they just had to kind of pull off those stops late uh, to hold uh, to hold off the Horn Frogs on the road. And uh, Air Force stay undefeated. They uh, No trouble with uh, San Diego State, 49-10. They're now 5-0. and yeah, what's happened to San Diego State this year? I know they've been the talk of, of the Mountain West Conference. We talked about what they've been doing off the field for the last year or so, trying to lead that conference, but they can't. But they usually have good teams they have for the last uh, a few years, but they're now 0-2 in the Mountain West, 2-4 and overall. Do you think they'll recover this year, Lakino, or just wait to 2024? I think they'll do just to try to at least get into at least a bulk consideration. They might screw, they might finish like a five or six or something. They may six and five, I think. Look, I think they have a, a young squad. I think that's probably another reason why they're not not doing as well as you thought in recent years. But look, San Diego State's one of those uh, one of those programs where, like you said, I mean they've they've you know they thought they could leave uh, the Mountain West, they they couldn't, and so uh, it's gonna get very interesting there. And of course, you know Brady Hope, remember former Michigan Michigan coach, he's still over there. So and I think a lot of the recruiting yeah. because of that, the recruiting hasn't been uh, very good for them either. So I think that's probably might have been the reason why. They haven't been doing very – didn't have not done well. But like I said, they they actually have a pretty, pretty much a brand-new squad, so that's probably another reason why they kind of been struggling uh, this year. Yeah, one more score to pass along from the Big Ten from Saturday. Uh, Purdue beats Illinois 44-19. to Illinois six-half sec, – six second-half points. That's not going to get it done. Uh, as I, I was, I was afraid of this, Lakina. They had a surprising year last year. I'm talking about Illinois. I know, they, I know they lost a few guys to the NFL, but – uh, this is a pessimist Chicago sports fan to me, Lakina. Uh-huh. Your team comes out of nowhere and does well. They, they exceeded all expectations. When they expect to do well the following year, they let you know. That's what's happening with the Illinois Fighting Illini right now. Brett Bielma and crew, they're 2-3, and 0-2 in the Big Ten. Yeah, yikes. That's not 
a good, not a good uh, showing there. Now, some breaking news here. Our buddy Dave Reps just tweeted this out. He actually retweeted this. Uh, Kate McNamara, of course, the uh, transfer QB, uh, of course, from Michigan to Iowa, will likely miss the rest of the season due to a leg injury suffered against Michigan State. So uh, that could be mm. big. That could be big for Iowa, especially if they're hoping to kind of pull off a couple of upsets. Yeah, we talk about them scoring points and, and trying to shock the world in that Big Ten. Like I said, that's going to be a huge injury, especially with their schedule coming up. Uh, uh, that injury uh, could uh, loom to a big amount of a loss, and it probably could alter their season, but it's going to be up to the replacements for uh, to re whoever's going to replace them in that lineup. But overall, it's going to be an overall team effort collectively to uh, fill, fill his shoes and, and, and play their role. We'll see if they can figure it out now. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, so we're going to do this rapid fire after the break. Of course, we got MLB playoffs to preview. We've got NBA Media Day, including a big trade that happened over the weekend. Ryder Cup, Old School TV Monday, a lot to do still. The Keenan McGee, Sydney Brown, Second City Sports on Sports Central Chicago. We'll do a hodgepodge rapid fire coming up right after this. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. <laughs> I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only ten, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration.
Hey, this is Dr. J, and I listen to Sean and Maya in the morning. Welcome back to Second City Sports on Sports Show Chicago. I'm Lakini McGee. You follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter, X at Keenan McGee on the IG. I mean, I mean, you might. Okay, there we go. These damn computers. Anyway, you can follow yours truly on the Twitter, X and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S I D K I D A zero. That's S I D K I D A zero. This is our last break of the show. For today, if you have any last-minute fourth-quarter questions or comments, you can do so by going to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in those questions, comments in the comments section. The best of the creative ones will be get will be put up on the screen by Miss Lakina McGee. Oh, and just a daily reminder: you can catch Sports on Chicago now available on Roku TV. All right, Sid. A uh, real quick, uh, you know, Cubs and White Sox. Of course, unfortunate for the Cubs. The Marlins win two out of three against Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. That that last game against uh, I forgot who they were playing. You know, oh, well, the Mets. You know, it really didn't matter as they clinched the last playoff spot in the NL Wild Cards. I'm gonna keep it short and sweet. I mean, look, does it suck? I mean, I'm not gonna say this is a collapse. I know that they were up, you know, in the second Wild Cards for like three or four games, but I, I think look. People need to remember that no one was really expecting the Cubs to really do anything this year. It sucks that they couldn't, you know, get over the hump and they let you know games like you know, serious against the Rockies and, you know, what happened, you know, in a couple other series beforehand and, you know, kind of, and those Diamondbacks series kind of slipped away from them. But I think this also kind of just shows you why they need more, more players, more, uh, we'll see if Cody Bellinger decides to come back. You know, he, he's up at the end of the, at the end of this year and we'll, we'll see what happens after that. I mean, I kind of feel like, again, that I think this could be a nice little get up. I know that uh, some people wonder could, could David, David Ross be gone? I mean, I don't know. I know that um, uh, Tom Burke has given like, that dread of, dread of vote of confidence, if you will. But uh, again, we'll, we'll watch to see. Wait, we'll, we'll, we'll see if we get to have somebody on uh, after that, but uh, maybe before the winter meets. So we'll see what happens. But we'll see if the Cubs make any big moves this offseason. I was thinking about this over the weekend, Lakina, and I'll have to respectfully disagree with you. I know many Cubs fans uh, didn't have the expectations of their team qualifying for the playoffs this year, but. The way that things have gone for the Cubs, especially when Cody Bellinger returned from his injury in late June, early July, the team started to take off, and Jed Hoyer and Carter Hawkins did make did make a couple of moves at the trade line trade deadline to boost this team. Sometimes when these types of seasons happen, even though it could you think it's a huge window, that's long window you have to take advantage of it. The Cubs didn't do that during the last month of the season, and just like our guy Herb Lawrence always says, those games in April and May counts just as much as they do in. August and September. Now, you mentioned the schedule uh, going down the stretch for the Cubs. They dominated Pittsburgh early in the year. They couldn't do that here in Chicago when Pittsburgh came in Chicago to take two out of three. The Colorado Rockies, you sweep them here, but the series before, when you were out there in Colorado, you lose that series. And you got you get swept by the Braves, as, we, as I said on Friday. You couldn't take at least two of those games. They had a chance to win at least two of those games down there in Atlanta. You couldn't get it done. And you lost it. Lost the season series to both Florida and Arizona. Now, on paper, do I think the Cubs are better than both those teams? Yes, but 
Well, when it mattered most, they choked. And like you said, they were they were in the driver's seat for that second wild card spot behind Philadelphia, who ended up taking the first wild card spot. So, if you're a Cubs fan, do you consider this season a failure? Yes, only because you were in the driver's seat for that second wild card spot. All you have to do is win those series that I just mentioned. We're, we'll be previewing right now. We should be previewing them playing the Milwaukee Brewers tomorrow up north in Milwaukee. And that's that's fair, and that's fair. But again, I also have to also have to tell folks that look, remember, I mean, the fact that they got this far. I mean, look, you said it yourself. I mean, they ran into teams. Pittsburgh, you played spoiler. Colorado played spoiler, and also the injuries. I'm not saying that's an excuse, but mm-hmm. I kind of feel like you know them not having a solid bullpen. You know, middle relief. I think that came out to bite them in the butt too. So uh, again, I mean, look, it sucks that we're not you know previewing. You know, Cubs, Milwaukee starting tomorrow. That would have been a fun series, but. Uh, you know, it is what it is, so we'll see what happens there. And then, unfortunately, on the flip side of the south side, of course, you know, the Sox have lost 100, ended up winning 101 games. I don't know why that that last game against the Padres ended up going to extra innings. I mean, no one would have cared. <laughs> I wouldn't have cared. I know he would. I know Sid wouldn't have cared. No, no one would have cared if that <laughs> game did not have an ending. But uh, but I digress. But uh, we'll see if they make any moves. I mean, you know. Fun times, I guess, ahead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can I do something real quick, Lakina, regarding the White Sox? Because I was there on Saturday. I'm going to pull a time joiner of uh, the old school retired uh, FM DJ. He did his work here in Chicago for many years, of course, before he went on to do his national show for the last 25 years. I know he retired a few years ago, but I know we don't do shout outs, but uh, can we do some shout outs here, real quick? Uh, I was at the White Sox game on Saturday. Shout out to the Chicago Sports Bums. Uh, they held a great tailgate at Lot B. I got all the evidence out on my social media pages. Please check them out. And also, to I'm running into a good friend of the show, Herb Lawrence from CHGO. Hopefully, he, he'll he say he wants to come back on the show. We'll we'll find find a way to get him back on his on the show uh, very soon. And him and Sean Anderson both doing a great job. Along with Vinnie Duber coming to Sox over there. Also, I ran into Matt Spiegel, my old colleague back at Sporting News Radio. Of course, him and Danny Parker is another good friend of ours, a good friend of the show. I saw Speaks uh, with his family over the weekend. Uh-huh. Um, at the Sox game. So Speaks is doing a great job, him and Parkins, on during 670 scoring during the afternoon. So I ran to those people. I wanted to shout them out one and all. And, of course, to the guys at Section 108 at the Sox game too. So uh, the game did turn out the way that we wanted as far as Sox fans concerned. But uh, it was my final time there this year. It's the regular season round down. Even though it was, a, a, another, it was another underachieving season, this was the worst of them all in recent memory, losing 101 games. Uh, Yours truly still had fun meeting new and old people along the way, uh, uh, talking whites, covering the White Sox baseball once again this year. You know, uh, shout out to our girl, Lisa Burger Meany, who, uh, you know, of course, does a good job of doing the side of the mm-hmm. kind of like, yes. you know, in there, you know, you're getting the pumping up the crowd. She, I think she, I forgot the guy she does it with, I, for, I forgot the, his name. But, oh, Ryan, uh, yeah. Shout out to Ryan, Ryan as well. Ryan. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah, yeah. I forgot his last name, though. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, the, the shout out to them as well for this uh, great season in the books. Hopefully, uh, more, uh, more better, hope we're better somewhere ahead for both the Cubs and the Sox. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. Yeah, there. now Alyssa goes to work, do a work for the Chicago Bulls, and we'll get to them in just we'll a second. We'll get to that. Yeah, let's say we'll get to that in just a second now let's talk about uh let's preview the mlb uh wild card let's start in the AL. you got uh game one these games are starting tomorrow and on wednesday you got uh mm-hmm. texas and tampa um you know what do you think i mean i know they they didn't play a lot the early, uh the regular season but i'm wondering like this could be a really good matchup between you know two teams i think tampa might have the edge because they got more experience i mean texas it is their first you know trip in a few years mm-hmm. 
But you, you know, the, I know uh, the time glass now is uh, is Gold Wolf pitch game one for uh, the Rays. I know it hasn't been decided yet who's going to start for uh, Texas in game one. But uh, what do you think about this series? I think even though remember all the teams that are playing at home, they'll have a they'll have the home field advantage for two. It's it's the best two out of three uh, series for this wild card. So the home team would get all three games. Yep. But for this series, it's concerned. Tampa Bay, as we talked about for many years on the Charlotte Keenan, they play good, fundamentally sound baseball. You give manager Kevin Cash credit for that. And also, too, they uh, they perform well uh, down the stretch in terms of executing with the bunting and the defense. But you mentioned with the experience, Tampa has it, Texas doesn't. But this is where manager Bruce Bolshe will earn his money because Texas has a better lineup uh, up and down the roster than Tampa does. And don't forget, this will be Achilles' heel, no pun intended. Tampa starts starting pitching which has been hampered by injuries all year long. Mm-hmm. This is the injury to Shane McClanahan. This is where it's going to come into play. I have Texas winning a close one, taking two out of three uh, in this wild card series because I think even though they struggle too with their starting pitch, I know Max Scherzer, I don't th- think it's going to pitch in this series, but I think Texas has enough offense to get this thing done. And in the, in the, in the experienced manager, Bruce Bochy, on their side will we'll show will show through. So I'm going with Texas uh, beating Tampa Bay in this series. Remember, Tampa was in this position last year. They went on a run and lost to Cleveland. Two out of three, I think. But I, I kind of this will go three. But I believe I think Tampa's going to win it just because of the fact that mm-hmm. they do have kind of the experience and such. I mean, I know Bochy's got it you know, on the managerial side, but for a lot of these guys, a lot of these guys is going to be a new experience for them. So I think look. I, I'm not going to say they're going to go far. I'm not going to say they're going to go to the ALCS. I'm talking about Mm -hmm. Tampa. But I think they'll do just enough to win the series. I think they got a little bit of the firepower to kind of compensate from the pitching. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Now, another good series in the AL wild card. You got Toronto and Minnesota. I'm not going to let my hate of Minnesota uh, kind of vote. But I feel like Toronto – they could be like the Phillies and kind of like they kind of snuck in the playoffs a little late. They got – they did what they needed to to do. They're going to need – they're definitely going to need contributions from both their their pitch uh, their their pitching uh, especially, but also their hitting as well. Of course, you know Vlad, you know Junior, uh, Kevin Vigio, Bo Bichette. I mean, all those guys. You know, you know need to kind of step it up a little bit. And I think that'll be enough to beat Minnesota. And I think they may end up stealing you know two games with Minnesota. They may end up stealing the first two at Minnesota. So we'll see. Yeah, I expect Toronto to uh, win this series because not just because of my hatred from Minnesota too. <laughs> But but Toronto has better started pitching than, than than they did a year ago when they lost to Seattle in the wild card series, even though they, Toronto had that home field advantage last year. But Toronto has uh, the better pit starting pitching this year. Their office is still the same. It's actually a little bit better than it was a year ago on the flip side for the Minnesota. Okay, Sonny Gray's had a nice year. Okay, Carlos Correa has been struggling, of course. Um I forgot the one, uh, Joey Gallo, who they picked oh, wow. up in the offseason. Okay, he's had a, a, a nice year, but I, I, I just don't trust them in the situ- in this situation. It's been 20 years since they won the last playoff series. Like, you know, I think you had to go back to 2002 yep. uh, playoffs when they lost to Oakland in the ALCS. Mm-hmm. Not Oakland, but uh, they beat Oakland, but they, beat Oakland, lost right. to the eventual, they lost to the eventual World Series champion Anaheim uh, Angels Anaheim. at the time 20 years yep. ago, 21 years ago. So that's the last time they won a playoff series, but Minnesota, they're going to get tested, obviously, against the best of the AL. And I think they're going to come up short again. They may still one game, but that's about it. I expect Toronto to – I'm going to predict a 2-0 two, uh, sweep. But Toronto okay. should win this series. Yeah, they should. I think they're the better team, so we'll see what happens there. And I'm going mm-hmm. to the NL. 
Um, this will be uh, these games will be at six o'clock on ESPN two. Well, this this first one we got Arizona and Milwaukee. It'll be uh Brandon uh Plot versus uh Corbin B- Birds uh for Milwaukee. I know mm-hmm. I I'm gonna hate myself, but I think Milwaukee they got a little bit more veterans. You know, Arizona has a lot of young guys, so I'm thinking that maybe that could probably help. The Brewers, I guess. I know it's the first time for them in the, back in this uh, in this position a couple of years. I think Milwaukee should win this, you know, 2-0, but they're going to get Arizona that surprises us again, so we'll see. Yeah, I'm with you, Lakina. Milwaukee should win this series, but I think it's going to go the three-game distance. Remember this name, falls for Arizona. Corbin Carroll. Corbin Carroll, he's your runaway winner for National League uh, Rookie of the Year. I know they have Zach Gallon. I don't know if he's going to pitch on Wednesday or not, but uh, he's one of those uh, young uh, starting pitchers on a rise for the Arizona Diamondbacks. But like you said, Milwaukee, I call them the poor man's version of the White Sox. They don't have the big names on offense, but they'll have enough to get it done. They really built on starting pitching, and they have a great bullpen as well. So I think those two factors will come into play. Of course, Christian Yelich is having a, a fantastic renaissance here, wherever you call that for Milwaukee. But uh, Milwaukee's bullpen especially will come through in this series. So I'm, I'm going with Milwaukee. They're going the distance, two games to one. Should be a, should be an interesting series there uh, uh, and here as well. Uh, Miami and Philadelphia. Uh, Miami you know, kind of clawed their way you know, in the last you know, couple of days to get into the, uh, the, the wild card here. Uh, but I think Philadelphia, no one's really talking about them very much. I mean, I kind of feel like, you know, you know, they were in the World Series last year. I don't think anybody, you know, no one's really noticing them. But I think I think they probably prefer it that way. So I yeah. think they should have no trouble in Miami. They should be able to win this 2-0 easily. But then again, you never know. Yeah, I think that the injury to Sandy Alcantara for the Miami Marlins will come back to bite them. He's not going to pitch in this series. I know Jake Berger is uh, the former White Sox player. Yeah. He's injured too. I don't know if he's going to be available for the playoffs, but – uh, Philadelphia has the experience that you mentioned. They lost to lost to the Houston Astros in the World Series last year. They, of course, Bryce Harper and Kyle Schwarber got hot. I know they had Trey Turner there now, and they have, of course, um, Michael Lorenzen, their their pitcher. They, they picked up via the trade deadline, and he's he, he threw a no hitter. Of course, he's one of the stable guys in the rotation. Don't forget about Zach Wheeler as well. Yep. So I think Philadelphia has an overall better team. I know Miami is tough. They're going to be a tough out, but. Philadelphia should be able to handle this. I'm going with uh, going with Philly in this one. All right, Texas and Tampa. Those games will be at two o'clock on ABC, both Tuesday and Wednesday, and Thursday if necessary. Same thing with Toronto. That'll be at three thirty on ESPN. Mm-hmm. Six o'clock for Arizona and Milwaukee on ESPN two, and Miami and Philadelphia on ESPN. Remember, those games are going to be Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I'm sure it's going to be in case you know these a couple only. I'm sure the other schedule will change if you know. Some games go mm-hmm. to Thursday and some games don't. But, uh, yeah, that is your schedule for MLB uh, playoffs uh, for the wild card round. You're listening to Second Sports on Sports. I'm Charlie Keenan McGee, Sydney Brown with you. Uh, Tim Wakefield, who's one of the, uh, the best knuckleball pitchers out there, sadly passed away on uh, yesterday. Um, there was some stuff that came out uh, I, 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 on Friday. Um I guess no one knew how bad it was because, you know, he and his wife, you know, who, who she's also having some medical issues herself, kept mm-hmm. it very close to the vest. And uh, it was tough because, you know, Tim Wayfield was one of my favorite pitchers growing up. Um, that knuckleball had had one of the best knuckleballers 
out there, won two World Series with Boston, and uh, you saw mm-hmm. uh, you saw Chris Shelley's, uh, not not Chris Shelley, oh good lord, uh, Roger Clemens's Twitter post. You saw some of the other other various. Uh, I know uh, Manny Ramirez uh, shared some stuff as well on his social media former uh, Red Sox teammates. So uh, yeah, you have any thoughts on uh, Tim, Tim Wakefield? Yeah, I remember him as a young stuck with the Pittsburgh Pirates back in the yes. early 90s. Uh, they were yes. playing against the Braves uh, in the National mm-hmm. League Championship Series. Uh, and of course, uh, he made his mark there on, on the big stage in the playoffs. Of course, you mentioned his career with the Boston Red Sox. And remember, he was the pitcher that gave up their home run to Aaron yep. Boone in Game 7 yep. back in 03, but stayed with the team in 04, of course, for the rest of his career. And he, he got his just due with the, you mentioned, with that World Series title in 04. And, of course, he grabbed uh, he grabbed another one in 07. But uh, he was one of the last of the knuckleballers. He was very effective, and he kept hitters off balance. And he was part of that big comeback in that 04 mm-hmm. season when they trailed 3 nothing to the ball, to the, sorry, to the New York Yankees. <laughs> and he was he was a big part of that as well, coming out of the bullpen. So uh, he's one of those guys that he was a pillar in the Boston Red Sox organization in the community. And he was starting to broadcast a few of yeah. the games the last couple, a couple of years. I, was, I just saw him not too long ago, earlier yeah. this season. And of course, you know, hearing about his uh, health situation uh, for the last couple of weeks, it was very heartbreaking, but he would definitely be missed. His legacy would Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, you saw, you saw, I saw Jerry, Jamie Erdo, of course, does good morning football. Well, actually did uh, cover some stuff for uh, the Boston Red Sox over on Ness. I know, uh, you know, somebody, when uh, he first started doing that uh, TV work, so, uh, you know, a really, uh, you know, just sad news there. We'll, we'll, you know, we yeah. keep uh, his family and, and the rest of Boston Red Sox organization uh, in our prayers, you know, from here yeah. on. Hopefully season. Pittsburgh would do something and for Pittsburgh him too. too yeah. Yeah, Pittsburgh Pirates as well. Of course, he's. I think like he's been like a four or five years there at Pittsburgh before uh, mm-hmm. before he went to Boston. So uh, yeah, it's just a sad all around. Just an overall good guy too, from what we you know, we what we've heard about him. So uh, rest in peace to him as well. Those are sexy sports. Uh, sports are kind of like Keenan McGee, Cindy Brown with you. Uh, let's line it up here, Sid. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. you know, we're getting depressed here. Let's talk about uh, Tim Wakefield and his uh, untimely death. But. Uh, the NBA media day is going on right now. I think it just concluded. Um, you know, of course, the the Bulls, of, of course. If you saw, go to the CHGO uh, Bulls while you're listening to us, obviously. Uh, you mm-hmm. saw DeMar DeRozan crashing uh, our, our guys, uh, Big Dave Watson and Matt Peck. We'll, we'll get those guys on for the next few weeks. Uh, of course, we'll got leave as well. Uh, I know uh, Will Purdue did some photo bombing as well. That was actually pretty funny. Of course, everyone's taking pictures and, you know, stuff and, you know, in uniform and whatnot. Um if we saw on, on the Miami Heat, like if we saw Jimmy Butler, the hair, um, you know, Andre. He reminds me. I remember uh, he passed away in the nineties. He's actually from Chicago, and he ah. he was one of the background dancers for yep. Shalimar. He, uh, he actually went solo. You know who I'm talking about? Jermaine, Jermaine Stewart. Stewart. Yep, <laughs> he had that Jermaine Stewart Our, 1980s hair look. <laughs> Herb, Herb Lawrence actually said, "Yo, cherry wine." You know. Yes. Yes. Look, look, and I told him, and he agreed. Most people under thirty-five will not get that reference. So for those exactly a one-hit wonder, that was a one-hit wonder for Mr. Stewart, of course. You know that's what it was really about, right? Yeah. Of course. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) For you folks out there, do your own research. We'll leave it at that. We'll leave it there. But uh, going back to these uh, media day, I saw you. I saw uh, Denver's media day. You know, of course. (laughs) You know, Nikola Jokic. I mean, of course, gonna be a nonchalant as usual. but yeah, I mean, you know, uh, but look, I think you know a big trade actually came down right before that. Uh, Drew Holiday's on his way to Boston, you know, from uh, Portland. So uh, 
you know, look, remember what I said, you know, look, Boston needs something to do something. And I think they, they just said, I think, you know, bring him on. I think mm-hmm. he's definitely going to be a, a good replacement for Marcus Smarts. Yeah, I agree with you. And I had had that same thought too over the weekend. Uh, Marcus Smart brings that extra toughness that you needed for Boston. I know they had to give him up to get something better, but Drew Holiday is going to be a very good replacement. Plus, he's a very serviceable point guard, and you don't have to have Jalen Brown and or Jason Tatum bring up the ball all the time. You're going to have a a solid point guard, Drew Holiday. He's going to know his role within the offense. He could be that third and fourth guy to give you some scoring, but you don't need him to score 20 or 30 points again. You got Tatum and Jalen Brown to take care of that. You need Drew Holiday for defense. He's going to anchor that uh, anchor that group on the other end of the floor. So Boston definitely got better uh, uh, with, with that acquisition. So it's definitely going to be between them and Milwaukee at the top of the Eastern Conference. Everybody else can go and play. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I can't wait to, for uh, NBA. And I can't wait to get our, our buddies you know, back to our NBA preview. Uh, oh, it, it's definitely going to be one to remember. <laughs> Gonna be yes, it's gonna be lit as the uh, younger folks would say. As mm-hmm. <laughs> second see sports on Sports of Chicago, Lakeena McGee, Cindy Brown, with you. A really quick shout out to the European Ryder Cup team. Uh, mm-hmm. They uh, get the club back, uh, beating the U.S. Uh, Sixteen and a half to eleven and a half. It really was. I know since I know we were talking before we uh, we came on. I uh, said uh, I know you watched a little bit on Saturday, and by the time I guess by 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 the time all the pregame the NFL pregame show started, the game the day was already over with. Uh, Tommy Pui would have already gotten the half a point that uh, that uh, Europe needed to uh, you know you know you know to clinch the cup again. I remember, look, I remember a couple years ago at Wesley Straits when uh, Rory McIlroy, you know, he was in tears. You know, it was just a reverse too, so it was actually a uh, pretty cool. Seeing that mm-hmm. Luke Donald, of course, former Northwestern guy, was a vice captain for years, got his chance to be a captain. They wanted to be captain again because he was the one that kind of changed the trajectory of how the European team was selected. Uh, Robert McIntyre, who, if you guys don't know his name, he plays on the World uh, 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 Dunlap Tour, which is sort of like the junior version of the European Tour. Yeah. Um, he uh, was 4 0 1. Big, you know, he wanted to be in the Ryder Cup. He got in and uh, look, you know, paid great dividends. Uh, John, Ron, Rory, and uh, Victor Holland, our, our girl Christine's guy. They were nine, two, and three uh, in their <laughs> in their um, in their all their, their that's group match that group play and also match play in their, their singles. So uh, a really good show over Europe in don, a dominating fashion. Yeah, as we talked about before, we went on live. That I did check out a little bit of it on Saturday because before the Colorado USC football game. Of course, weather is uh, usually around this time of year. We talk about. Uh, um, with the other tournaments that go on overseas, Lakina, mm-hmm. that uh, weather is usually a factor. It wasn't a factor uh, uh, this oh. year. I know this tournament was in Italy, but weather wasn't a fa- factor. It was a huge crowd. And I think we I asked you this question on Friday, and I'll ask it again. Uh, you said we did have, in uh, terms of the U.S., we did have some of our best um, golfers over there. But uh, huh. can we get, get even more uh, experienced golfers over there? And on our team going forward, and can we get some of the upper, the younger up and comers up there to uh, mix in on the team as well? Yeah, there were some people that felt that maybe Lucas Gobler and uh, Keegan Bradley, who are both major winners, should have been there. And I guess you know Zach Johnson picked guys like you know Justin Thomas actually did pretty well. He was one of his picks. You know, some people thought that maybe he should not have been there. I don't know if uh, Glover and Bradley could have made a difference. I mean, they could have made it a little bit closer or made it a little more interesting. But I think mm-hmm. Europe just top to bottom. I think they just outclassed and outplayed the U.S. and they wanted that cup back. So they were determined to win it. So uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know Zach Johnson. I don't know if he'll. Uh, I don't know if he'll be back. I know Luke Donald will probably be back. You know, as captain for the Europe, but 
he's not probably Zach Johnson probably will be back for uh for the U.S. Um, you know, two years from now, the World Cup, uh, the Royal Cup, I should say, will be in Beth Page, Beth Page Black and Log Island. So uh, that should be interesting. And also, I mean, the, the U.S. I mean, I think they got a lot of soul searching to do. I kind of feel like they they could have done a little bit better. But like I said, you're facing a European team that was very determined. So I don't know if you know changing some of the some of the combination of guys, you know, picking you know a couple of other guys. I don't know if it would have made a difference. Yeah, but like I said, if you're the United States, you need to bring the best of the best. Who wants to play and the ones that, that you need on the team? You got to convince them that this is just not just for their personal brand, but it, it's for the U.S. golf brand. And you had to do some soul searching, like you mentioned, you had to do some convincing. And you just had to have that goal in mind, like this is not just about you, but it's, this is about the U.S. golf brand. This is a team thing, and we want our best against their best, and we see what happens. Yeah, those are, yeah. So we were saying that maybe you know Brooks Kevin shouldn't have been there because of the live golf, but he has a major this year. Two people forget, so uh, it was pretty. You know, but it, actually on the funny side, it was pretty funny. Victor Hovland, uh, of course, there was a picture of him with all the European you know wives and girlfriends. Of course, he's the only one who's single. <laughs> so I don't, think, <laughs> I don't think I don't think Victor will have any trouble finding the lady I, after this. I just don't think that's gonna happen. Well, but uh, he's a man of the he was definitely the man of the hour there yesterday. So it's actually pretty funny, but. uh of course, anything else to say before we uh, go to Old School TV Monday? Um, let's see, I did my shout-outs. Of course, with Bulls Media Day, they, uh, all the people said all the right things. Go check them out, like Kina said, on CHGO Bulls, CHGO Bulls on YouTube and our guys at NBC Sports Chicago as well. They did a great job earlier mm-hmm. today. Uh, I think the Bulls, as we said, we'll, we'll get dive more deeper into the Bulls coverage as the preseason for them starts uh, this upcoming weekend, and we'll – do a deep, deeper dive in the next couple weeks before the season starts. But I want to see how uh, this team uh, forms because this is last year, the core, core as Nikola Vucevic said. But um, they got some work to do, and they got to figure out who's going to be their starting point guard, as we talked about last week. Definitely. So uh lot to do still, of course, with the Bulls, but uh, we'll see what happens there. Because we'll get, we'll get deeper and deeper into it as we uh, get mm-hmm. closer and closer to the start of the season. So the second season sports. I'm Sports of Chicago. Once again, Lakeena McGee, Cindy Brown with you as we wrap things up here. Sid, old school TV Monday. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, let's salute the old ABC 70s uh, TV sitcom, The Odd Couple. Ah. That's right. Yeah, Neil Simon's The Odd Couple was an American sitcom television series that debuted on ABC on September 24th, 1970 through March 7th, 1975. The show starred Tony Randall as Felix Unger and Jack Klugman as Oscar Madison. Was the first of several sitcoms developed by Gary Marshall for Marshall, sorry, for Paramount Television. The series was based on the 1965 play The Odd Couple, written by Neil Simon which was also adapted into the 1968 film, The Odd Couple. The story examines two divorced men, Oscar and Fields, who shared a Manhattan apartment and whose opposite personalities inevitably led to the conflict and laughter. In 1997, the episodes Password and The Fat Farm were ranked number five and number 58, respectively, on TV Guide's 100 Greatest Episodes of All Time. The show received three nominations for the Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Comedy Series. Yeah, it was definitely one of those underrated sitcoms. I kind of feel like, um, yeah. of course, of course, the movie, of course, starred uh, Art Carney and uh, Walter Matthau. The activity mm-hmm. we saw, if you love the film, it was very similar to the series. Um, Oscar was kind of like the slob, and you know what, you know, have you know, 
garbage and stuff all over the place. You know, Felix was just the opposite. Very demure, very, um, you know, clean cut. You know, you probably say it was a little bit of a stiff, but, you know, that mm -hmm. was part of his personality. Um, you know, Deck Club and Tony Randall, God rest their souls. I mean, they did a great job, um, you know, with those roles. And I, I kind of feel like that that past episode was probably one of the best ever on television. Yes. Not just in the series, but on television history. Check out on YouTube. I, I don't know. I think it's on Pluto TV. I think they're they're streaming it, but also it's on YouTube too. So if you guys whatever want to check that out. But yeah, I really love the series. And look, they've had other adaptations. I know they did a black version of the Odds Couple. They tried to do that, didn't really work. Uh, but you know, but yeah, I think the television show was really solid. I mean, you had you know people like uh, Penny Marshall made one of her first TV appearances on that mm -hmm. show. Uh, Al Melanero, same thing. You know, he of course real Al on Happy Days. He made a couple of appearances on that show as well. He had a really current appearance on that show too. Probably should have lasted longer than only five years. You know, people forget that she only lasted five years, but uh Yeah, I thought it lasted longer too. I'm like, hmm. I know, yeah, right. I mean, when I, when I first saw the first run, I saw it, of course, the repeats, but I'm like, really? It only last it only lasted five years. But uh yeah, yeah it was just a really solid series. I mean, it kind of dealt with to divorce men, which you know, that was no one was really doing that back then, so right. It was kind of a taboo subject, yeah. Yeah, that was it. Really was, you know. Uh, I know people forget that, you know. Yeah, it was very taboo back then. I mean, the divorce was, oh my god. I mean, look, you know, yeah. the practices, mm -hmm. of course. But yeah, I mean, this was just a really classic series. I feel like I'm glad we're getting it too, because I feel like it doesn't get its due. Yeah, and a couple of other notes to pass along. Celebrity guest stars that appeared on the show: Howard Cosell, yes, J.P. Morgan played herself as one of Oscar's yes. many girlfriends. Of course, uh, Monty Hall, Wolfman yes. Jack, yes, <laughs> David, yes. David Steinberg, Hugh Hefner, uh -huh. Rodney Allen Rippey. For those of you our age, you all to know what that name represents. <laughs> John Simon, Bubba Smith, Deacon Jones, John Barber, and the late Barry White. Uh, sorry, not Barry White. Who? Jesus Christ, <laughs> Betty White. Betty White. Was yeah, Betty White. Yeah. yeah, she was on a. Not Barry White. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, we'll say we'll say <laughs> But yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, look, yeah, there's some really classic, you know, episodes. Like you said, you know, we talked about the Howard Cosell one uh, when, uh, yeah, and also too, let's make a, you know, they were on Let's Make a Deal, like, I think, you know, that was a Monty Hall episode. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, we talked about the Password episode, the very famous episode, probably the more famous ones. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, it was good, clean, fun. And uh, it did, it was a little bit dramatic because they didn't have the laugh track in the first couple of seasons. Yes, they did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, uh, you know, it was kind of like, some people thought it was sort of like a, kind of like a dramedy, I guess, sort of not really a sitcom because it dealt with divorce, which is actually the, like, the first time that they've done that, but it did became, you know, more and more of a, a sort of like a, like a more of a sitcom style. Once they did add, they did add the laugh track in the, the later seasons. So. <laughs> yeah. So um, like I said, the odd couple was a great show. Like you said, it was been very, very different verses throughout the years, but it was nothing like the original one. It was, it wasn't over the top. It was just simple and it was funny. It dealt with mm -hmm. uh, real life situations, but they, it, it was all about humor and they dealt with it from that way. They didn't really quote unquote beat you over the head with it. Which made it good, I think, you know. Exactly. Which is good. I, think, I know sitcoms have a very hard time trying, especially if they want to do like stuff like divorce and other things. I mean, you know, it does mm -hmm. get a little tough to for them to make it kind of like in a funny way, but they did just said, like mm -hmm. you said, they didn't beat you over the head with it. They, you know, kind of kept it light and kept it funny, but it kept it informative too, which I think, you know, you appreciate that from a sitcom. Yes. So for Old School TV Monday for this week, we salute the 70s ABC TV comedy series, The Odd Couple. Lakina, take us home. Oh, no, old school. I like that. You kind of changed up a little bit there, City. You can follow me at yeah. Kingdom McGee on the Twitter at X at, at, at Kingdom McGee on the IG. 
You can follow your Shirley Cindy Brown on the Twitter, X and the IG, SCK80. Once again, SCK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Make sure you follow Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, X, Instagram, and YouTube. Please subscribe to our podcast at War Media Podcast. That's W-A-R-R Media, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S. We are on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And make sure you subscribe to War Media on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, X, Instagram, and YouTube at WARR Media. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. And of course, you can catch Sports on Chicago anytime, anywhere on Roku TV. Roku! Yep, just go on your Roku app, wherever you got it, your app store. You know, on your TV or whatever device you have, type in uh, our, sh- you know, type in Sports of Chicago. You can catch our show, Sean and Maya, the Smoke Fellas, and know what's up, cuz. I know uh, Jason Palmer might not be in a very good mood tonight. So uh, <laughs> you don't say, huh? <laughs> I know Burr's gonna get, get get give him a little kid on him uh, for for that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, you can catch our show anytime, anywhere, or any other shows anytime, anywhere. Ooh, excuse me. Yes. So don't forget to catch Second City, Second City Sports. Live in the living color every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, exclusively on Sports Zone Chicago. One more again, as the kids would say. Excuse me. Get Second City Sports live in the living color every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. And of course, shout out to uh, the uh, the uh, New York Liberty. Uh, the uh, ABC got their dream matchup: the the Vegas Aces versus New York Liberty for the. Uh, WNBA uh, championship best of five series start on Sunday. We might talk a little bit more about that, but uh, I don't understand why they would have it in the middle of football. But uh, I digress. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you get, if you want to check that out, we'll talk. We'll probably talk a little bit more on that uh, on that on uh, Friday. Of course, mm-hmm. all the other great uh, football matches coming up too. Also, enjoy all the baseball playoffs. You know that should be a, should be a fun uh, wild card series about the AL and the NL, and just enjoy all the sports that's coming up. Uh, to uh, Forsyth, I'm Lakina. Enjoy the weather out there these last couple of days of summer. This has been Second City Sports on Sports Central Chicago, and we'll see you Friday. Couples, holla! Woo!